0: All right, heading into the weekend here. It's the 16th of February, 2024. The Robert Scott Bell Show is about to be on. We've got major announcements about our website today. It's almost there. It's really cool. Very exciting. Also, if you have any urinary tract issues, kidney, bladder issues, we got your homeopathic hit. You don't want to miss it. That's coming up. Uh, How about coercion, deception, lies, and deceit, all related to what? Getting you particularly if you're a service member, to get the COVID injection. We've got stories about how many of our service members felt coerced, as well as uh, those who are injured from the uh, nursing profession, like Daniel Baker, who we've had on before, the coerced nurse. We hope to hear from her on her journey. And in Hour 2, seems to be a theme today, the documentary film Anecdotals. You know her, Jennifer Sharp. Jen Sharp is back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I'm so excited to have her back on. What a journey she has been on since she made that film. And there's going to be some upcoming screenings in the Phoenix area. And I might actually be at one of them coming up later in the month. So that's coming up. Long COVID brain injury. Long COVID fatigue. We got that and a whole lot more. Tell your friends, the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty is the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check us out at robertscottbell.com slash listen or any of the chat rooms that you participate in. Say hi from wherever you are, and we'll see you in just a moment as we get this healing party started right about now.
1: The Robert Scott Robert Scott Bell Show. the voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell.
0: You want the weekend? I know you do. You got to go through me first. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. We're on. We're hitting, uh, you know, all the right notes, even as we tackle some very discomforting, if I can say that, topics like COVID injuries, COVID vaccine injuries, COVID injection, coercion, deception, fraud, all of that. And we've got uh, uh, an incredible lineup of folks that are going to bring some of that information to you, including an hour or two. My, my good friend, Jen Sharp, I hadn't had her on in a while. I'm so excited to have her back on. She's got some uh, screenings coming up in the Phoenix area later this month, and I may be able to attend at least one of them. Look forward to that. And that's uh anecdotals a movie. Jen Sharp coming up in hour two. Uh, hour one, we're scheduled to have Daniel Baker, the coerced nurse. We've talked with her before. She's an absolute sweetheart, but she's been through a lot. She's going through a lot. And uh, her attorney, uh, let's see, we got uh, Patrick Hollingsworth joining her this time on the air. Talk about her journey to find some remedy or remedies uh, to get support. And a lot of folks that have these injuries, you know, left high and dry. How do you manage it? What can you do? And it's a god, it's a d- damn shame. You know what we say? We talk about our government and their participation and our demise. We look back at the origination of America and the American form of governance, a Republican form of government that had nothing to do with parties per se but a form of government that would be in basically it was initiated to defend rights, to defend a right to life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness. And yet our founders warned us that, yeah, there could be foreign enemies that could be a threat to us, but the largest threat to our existence would be from within the moment people got a hold of government and said, you know what? I like being a government. I like the power. I want more. And we were warned. And that power has been, absolutely corrupted. The power has been, uh, captured, if you will, by, well, not only the agencies that I believe are unconstitutional that violate separation of powers by combining all three, uh, branches of government into one under the executive control, but also the capturing of those executive level agencies by industry that particularly benefits by yes, regulation. You're like, Oh, well, Robert, you're wrong. Cause these companies don't want to be regulated. Oh, hell yeah, they do, but they want to be the ones to write the regulations so they eliminate any competition to their products, services, etc. When it comes to the Western world, as much as we play, play pretend that we like freedom, the reality is we've descended into forms of tyranny, and that particularly has been devastating and become more obvious to most everybody during the COVID crazy years we've just come through. And there's still residue happening, and it will be for a long time. Question is, are we going to correct the error of our ways? And what and what do I mean by that? The monopoly, the centralized bureaucracy—it's it's it's the uh, the capturing of agencies like FDA, CDC, or uh, so-called research institutions like NIH—have established a pharmaceutical monopoly for the treatment of disease, much less prevention of disease, that has been. You know, you can have any form of prevention you want as long as it's an injection coming from the pharmaceutical vaccine industrial complex that carries no liability when it's put on the schedule. And if it isn't on the schedule, according to the ACIP committee through the CDC, then it will be brought to you courtesy of an emergency use authorization that will be protected from any liability should it injure or kill you or a loved one based on, again, Emergency. It's an emergency. What does the emergency uh, initiate? The rule of necessity. The rule of necessity knows no law, knows no limitation. Therefore, you have a constitution, throw it out. Doesn't count. It's not to be considered. And if you bring it up, we'll attack you as wanting to kill old people or grandma or grandpa, any number of things that they will do. Deceptive mechanisms, coercive mechanisms. They've captured the media. Of course, most in government have been captured, and the medical industrial complex, which set the stage at least in 1910 with the Flexner Report, set the stage for medical curricula that would exclude anything but the emerging field of patent petrochemical medicines, which eventually included, again, monopoly injections for prevention called vaccination. Vaca, the word for cow, Latin for cow. And like you're a bunch of moo cows if you, you know, you're vulnerable to it. I don't know if you still are. If you're here on this show, you're probably not anymore, but you might be having attempted or attempting to recover from the injuries due to previous vaccinations or the thing they wrongly call a vaccination, COVID-19 mRNA injections, altering DNA protein synthesis to produce toxic aberrant proteins that are darn right dangerous. In fact, the impact on various functions of the body becoming more obvious by the day, even as they try to dissuade you from acknowledging that it was the shot, the injection itself. That was the great danger in COVID, not the even so-called engineered up regulated gain of function viruses things. But the reality was there was fear porn associated with that initial wave from Wuhan, but the goal was always to get you to roll up your sleeve or drop your drawers and get an injection. That is now, Now clearly was the cause in my, I know it's not clear to everybody, but if you're hearing this show, you're going to hear it clearly the cause, the primary cause of most of the injuries and deaths associated with COVID and even what's called long COVID. Now in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com, we have a number of articles, including this first one. This one makes my blood boil as much as we know this has happened and is happening to read about it only gets me going, ah, Anger. You know, I need the homeopathic stramonium, which is, I've talked about the home, one of the homeopathic hits. I don't know if we did stramonium. I think we might have, but that's a remedy when you've got really intense anger. And this one does make my blood boil. Zero Hedge reports this, over 70% of service members say they felt coerced into taking COVID-19 vaccine, according to the survey. Uh, This is, uh, let's see, survey conducted last fall spanned all branches of the military included both enlisted and officer ranks. The average length of service was about 16 years. Here's briefly the results. Out of the 229 participants, 169 were active duty. 87% or 199 were not vaccinated against COVID-19. Of the 30 who were, only two said they had wanted to do it. Two out of the 30 said they wanted it. 28 out of, what's that percentage? Sounds a lot worse. 20 out of the 30 individuals who acknowledge taking the shot claim they were injured by it. 93% of the participants said they know someone they believe has been injured by one or more of these injections. You, you hear these stories. One 20-year-old Army combat veteran says, I'm not a lab rat, neither are the people I work with. While holding out from taking the shot, he was forced to wear a mask and was often singled out for not being injected. And of course, the, 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 you know, the Nuremberg defense you know, is what they still use in the military. I didn't make the rules. I'm just following orders. And this, you know, how do they coerce you? Oh, he was he really coerced? He added that if he hadn't gotten the shot, he would have been prohibited from going home to see his family at a time when his wife was at risk of a serious medical concern that might require his presence at a moment's notice. So what you're seeing here is... Coercion at the highest, deepest, darkest levels. Oh, you want to go home and see your wife? Because she might have, uh, you just get the shot. Tell me that you have a choice. You're being given a choice. Remember the choice you were given in or outside of the military was get the shot or you can't come to work. Get the shot or you can't travel. Kids get the shot or you can't come to school. Or you can't participate in sports. On and on it went. This is the removal of your agency, your freedom, your ability to make choices. And that is where, whether you're for or against the vaccine or neutral on it, that is where we should all be aligned to say that's just plain wrong. When you violate the fundamental freedom to choose what you put into your body or not. And that seemingly was, not seemingly, it was abandoned. By the military brass, by many in the medical community, and many of the doctors and nurses that have been injured, have you know now are speaking out. Like we're you know we're going to talk to hopefully Daniel Baker and our, her attorney today about her experience as well and what's going on, where where she's moving on from this point. What kind of help can we give her as well? Coercion, deception, fraud, the threat of violence, the threat of loss of something, the ability to see your loved one before they die. How about the deception and fraud uh, and coercion associated with transplant patients? How many times have we covered stories of, we? you're lined up for this surgery and transplant, but unless you get the COVID injection, we're not going to do it. And there are people that have died waiting for it because they wouldn't perform the surgery without giving an experimental injection that would be contraindicated to any procedure of a surgical nature, especially those that are transplant-related because of the destruction of the immune system by these shots or the development of things like autoimmunity or cancers. There is no defense for this. And I'm embarrassed for the doctors who still think there is, they should be ashamed of themselves. You need to repent. Not to me, but to that, which created you talk to God, you will be forgiven, but you may still have to pay for your crimes against humanity with these COVID injections so as we move forward and want to dive deeper into the real tragedies the human cost of people who either took one for the team thought they were doing it for the right reason or were forced into it because they were threatened with loss of ability to care for themselves their income would be lost their jobs would be lost they'd lose their homes their ability to, any number of things we've 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 shared a lot of those stories one of those stories is daniel bakers and we're going to see if we can get Daniel. We weren't able to test with her or her attorney before. I pray that uh, they're going to come in loud and clear. Super Don, help me, guide me into this interview. Make sure that they're good. I see Patrick. I see Daniel. And uh, I, I know, hey, Daniel, can, can, let me see if we can hear you. Hi. Hello, Daniel. My love to you. You are an absolute sweetheart. We, we've you know seen you at many events and getting through somehow. You, you, you have a strong will, as I know, but still your condition if I were to say it should not have happened, should never have happened. And and if you're up for it, you can share a little bit of the story of how you got here for those that don't know you yet. And then we'll bring your attorney, Patrick, into the mix and talk about what's going on and what can be done.
2: Uh, absolutely. Um, so in uh, 2021, I um, had uh, some emails from my former employer, um, they had you know ramped up and had been sending um all of uh, the narrative throughout the um, year 20 into 2021 um telling us that we needed to you know get the shot to save grandma you know when i had witnessed uh, you know the lockdowns i was a hospice nurse for 17 years Prior to all of this, um, we knew as a company that the mandates were coming. Um, But the one thing that pushed me in particular over the edge was that we had received an email that had stated that if we don't receive the injection or start the series by July of 2021, then we would lose our benefits related to COVID. So I had two special needs children. I was newly read and I felt it important to retain that benefit. I also was under the premise that if something were to happen to me, then I would be covered. You know, I had decided I didn't want it, um, but I felt cornered like so many others did. So I began my series, and after the second Pfizer, I had lost some and my ability to effectively walk. I lost my bow and bladder. I had went to the emergency room within 24 hours. I had asked if it was related to the shot. I got a no and was dismissed within 30 minutes of even asking the question. Um, over the next 18 days, um, my body just systematically shut down, losing feeling and having pain and muscle spasms. Um, I eventually learned that the shot had caused my body to attack my spinal cord and I was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. The way it was explained to me uh, was I probably had undiagnosed long COVID uh, from working as a nurse and it just primed my body and when I took the shot it just pushed me into overdrive and my body attacked my spinal cord Um, unfortunately since then that was 2021 um, it continues to, to do damage and I found out that i'm in heart failure and now um within the past month um it's attacking my lungs and i'm on oxygen now and i have very poor lung function so i'm left to wonder, what's next
0: right Daniel, God bless you for being on the show and even talking at this point. I know how difficult it is. And, uh, you know, I've seen you I- even in, in be- better states than this in the time we've met uh, these events. And I'm just so sad to hear that things are happening continually in, in, in this way. And I want to get you help. And I know you have a give, send, go. We have that linked up in the show notes mm-hmm. today at robertscatbell.com for the course. Nurse uh, Daniel Baker. Uh, We have your attorney, Patrick Hollingsworth, on with us. Patrick, thanks for being on the show today. And can you add a a little bit into the mix or a lot into the mix is, you know, seeing what Daniel's going through, what you're trying to help her accomplish here? Because so much of this was, you know, the people that were injured are left without recourse. The whole idea of, you know, if you're going to take the shot, there should be liability should it injure or, or harm you. But that's not what happens with these vaccines under emergency use authorization, much less when they're approved and put on the schedule.
3: Well, thank you for having me. Um, we've um, filed, uh, or filing a workers' compensation claim. So I, I'm a workers' compensation attorney out of California. I'm partnering with uh, another attorney, Warner Mendenhall, who many people might know, is a uh, you know well-known attorney in this community out of Ohio, where her case is going to be litigated. Um, my involvement in vaccine injuries and uh, you know vaccine um, litigation against the mandates originally. Uh, Myself and co-counsel Mike Yoder, who many might be familiar with, uh, we filed one of the first, if not the first um, lawsuit federally against uh, the COVID mandates, the executive orders in 2021. Uh, That case was Coston v. Biden, and that kind of got us on the map there. And then I uh, kind of pioneered with Children's Health Defense um, a, you know, program uh, getting uh, the word out for, you know, the the one way you can recover, uh, from these kind of injuries is if you were required to take it through work, so workers' compensation is an avenue of recovery for people that were injured from the COVID nineteen vaccines.
0: So it's, it sounds, Patrick, like a, a creative response to the incredible, re- just outrageous restrictions to those who are seeking some redress, some help, some assistance yes. to deal with the you know the the burden of of not only the illness but how do you recover and all the costs associated with it. So you're saying that if you're place of business, wherever you worked, required it, that there may be a way to you know, bypass all the restriction and go, hey, I did this on the job. It was required for my job. Workman's comp should cover this.
3: Yes, every state has workers' compensation coverage for uh, employers are required to have it. So every single state in the country has, it's just like auto insurance. You know, you're, you're required to have it if you have two or more employees. So anyone that was required to take it, you know that includes nurses, doctors, any kind of contractors, whoever it may be. Um, that took it, or even if you were coerced into taking it, or you know, pressured into taking it, or suggested to take it, there's, there's, there's a good um, you know, precedent there uh, that would basically say that you, you're entitled to file a claim. You, know, uh, you want to file as soon as you can, and it's usually the date of knowledge that, that matters, so if you didn't know that you were able to file a claim, you know, or you didn't know you had an injury from the vaccine, you're still open to file a claim even now. So,
0: Patrick, is there precedent already, you know, that uh, there's a lot of speculation about what can or can't be done in terms of suing the vaccine manufacturers based on fraud or other things that bypass that limitation, but specific to the workers' compensation issue, have there been claims filed that have succeeded in getting support compensation for those that were so injured?
3: I'm handling cases already, yes. I handle a handful of vaccine injury cases here. There's precedent going back um, to, I think, like the 30s in California. I can only speak to California because I'm only licensed here. That's why I'm partnering co-counseling with an attorney in Ohio. But in California, there's there's precedent for vaccine injuries going back, you know, to like the polio shots. So, you know, we have precedent there that says you can recover. And even, even something like if you took the shot and you fainted and fell and hit your head, that's even covered, something like that. So, but yeah, there is good precedent. They're fighting these cases, you know, they don't want to admit to it. But, you know, I think there's enough evidence now showing that, the vaccines are, you know, so damaging. Um, you know, we're, we're making good progress on these cases, you know. So I um, implore people to file. And the more people to file, the more pressure we put on these employers, the less likely we're going to have to see this again, hopefully, if they, they try and do this again to us.
0: So is this a court-based litigation or are these letter writings back and forth with documentation of injury? How, how is this proceeding?
3: So in, in many states, the laws are very similar. So you usually go to like an independent medical examiner that would determine whether there's causation. So first, you have to establish causation as an issue, and that's that's the main issue in Danny's case that we have to overcome, right? Uh, her employer is self-insured, so you know they're going to be on the hook for massive amounts of damages potentially because of the, the severity of her injuries. So you know our main issue there is to overcome causation, and in Ohio uniquely, you have a jury trial on the issue of causation for workers' comp, which wow. there hasn't been a jury-tried vaccine injury case since the '80s. Right. So it doesn't apply to damages, but it applies to causation. I think that's why her case is important because we have a jury of peers that get to decide causation whether the vaccine injury was caused by the COVID-19 vaccines, or whether her injuries were caused by the, the COVID vaccines. Right. Well so we, we
0: might peers. say in a, a non-medical assessment way, looking at her history and then post-injection, what happened, that it seems rather obvious, but are there a lot of uh, uh, you know ways that the whoever doesn't want to pay out pushes back to say, no, 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 you, you had this, this was a problem beforehand and you've got to counter all of that.
3: Yeah. And in, in California uh, specifically, we have uh, independent medical examiner, they call them qualified medical evaluators or an agreed medical evaluator. And I mean, I've, I've taken the deposition of some of these doctors and they're, they're they're quite honestly morons. They, They don't, they don't know anything about COVID vaccine injuries. They don't know anything about the nature of COVID vaccines. And these are allergists, you know, that, that basically, should know better. Right. And so there's a lot of education that needs to take place. And you know, I'm I'm quite a good cross-examiner. And you get these people, you know, begging for mercy when they're done because you have so much evidence and and they didn't do a proper job even even looking into any of the you know side effects or anything like that. So in, in Ohio it's a little different. It's more of a battle of the experts, right? So we'll have our experts, they have theirs and they're hired guns essentially. And there's plenty of doctors out there that still, you know, want to deny the obvious. You know, so it's our job to, you know, in the, the way we can prove, you know, the injury that was yes. caused by the vaccine.
0: Daniel, I, again, I feel bad even making you speak with what you're going through with the lung stuff, but I also want to hear from you if there's anything that you want to add to what Patrick is related, and in, in addition to what you opened with, it was a reminder for those that had heard you before, or those that hadn't heard you yet, to learn about your backstory.
2: Um. So when we had, you know, filed the case, uh, Patrick said we were awarded a a civil, it's in civil court now, and awarded that jury trial, we did have to put it on hold because my health was failing, so um, we did uh, dismiss it and we are bringing it back, and and that's what Patrick and Warner are are doing. So I'm extremely confident in them um, that they'll be able to convince the jury that this is indeed related. Um, because I personally think that'll open some doors for other people to hold their employers players
0: uh, accountable. Certainly. And I I would say, you know, the concept of a speedy trial, I don't know if that falls into place with this because looking at the, the, you know, some, some of the diminishment or or the worsening of certain symptoms. I mean, I, I want this taken care of yesterday, Daniel, I know you do. And probably Patrick you do as well, but are there any obstacles to getting this done quickly?
3: Um, we have a filing date um, we've kind of mutually agreed to uh, in in March, uh, a kind of auspicious date for, for myself, uh, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Okay. So we're going to uh, you know file file then and and begin to uh, you know complete discovery, and then we'll we'll move it along as quickly as we feasibly can for Danny's sake. But you know I have I truly believe we're in some sort of you know spiritual warfare here. The vaccine was definitely related to that as well. You know, i've I've had personal experiences. Uh, when I first spoke to Danny and when I first met her we we you know connected on that level as well um that we're, we're fighting a bigger fight here and you know um we really are uh you know connected on a, on a different level and i think it's important for people to realize the gravity of what we're up against you know is people are, are are of the darkness and you know the light and love will always win and I do have faith um you know that her case will be successful and I do believe we can find a a, a solution for healing some of these people. You know, we we hear so much about the injuries, and we hear about all the, the negative. But you know, we I don't really hear too many people focusing on solutions to the problems. Yeah, you know, right.
0: Well, that's what you know. We're working on here on this show every day, and uh, working on a, a a long COVID type masterclass presentation that I'm interviewing a lot of experts in their field. And there's a lot of varying opinions, as I expected, on this because it's v- relatively new. Speaking of, uh, you know, the history of medicine, we've never had an mRNA shot that we've had to figure out what it's doing in reality, what's causing it The past, all of that. And the fact that it has such a wide and varied uh, methods, if you will, or pathways of of damage and destruction. You know, what Danny's experiencing is uh, different than others who have experienced the injuries post COVID shot. And that's always been uh, to the detriment of those trying to prove injury to vaccine. It doesn't always manifest the same way. And so they go, well, how could it be from that? Because it's not the same as everybody else. It's all different. But that's the unique uh, strengths and weaknesses that each of us carry into one of these experiments uh, that then manifest. And, and Danny, you know, my concern for you is to make sure if you're hopefully nebulizing the silver silver hydrosol, if you need some homeopathic help or, uh, you know, lobelia, the herbal tincture God made for the lungs. I mean, a lot of things I want to throw at you. Go, help, help. Here you go.
2: (laughs) I am always open to suggestions. Um, I think one of the things that we are seeing as time moves forward is that even though um, a lot of the severe injured, um, you know, that are, you know, coming into three years out from the injuries, we may have a kind of started from different places but we're all kind of seeing the same things you know a lot of us are finding that our hearts are a year and a half later Um, a lot of people with lung issues so we're kind of all falling into the same suit and when you start asking around, um, especially to people that have been dealing with this for quite a while, it is um, is not coincidence that we're all kind of seeing the same patterns and we're all following the same script. Um, It's very eerie um, knowing that even, you know, three years out, my body is still attacking itself. And so if I'm already sick and it's doing this, there's got to be a tsunami of people that are going to be coming and that just have um, no symptoms maybe right now, but it's gonna hit unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Patrick, in addition to, you know, we had that Give, Send, Go link to help support these efforts. What other efforts uh, do you need support on for Danny and others that are going through this?
3: Um, Just awareness, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of um, awareness in in the smaller communities of freedom fighters and, you know, people like yourself and myself um, who have been speaking on these things for quite some time now. But I think, you know, the more awareness we have, the more chance we have. We can get some sort of mainstream coverage you know i um you know i know danny's done a lot of work promoting you know uh the nature of vaccine injuries over the years here and uh i feel like her voice hasn't really gotten to the places it's needed to be you know and i appreciate shows like yourself or your show you know where, where she gets to um you know tell her story but we need we need we need big coverage we need something you know mainstream i know those, those kind of organizations are a little bit harder to tap into just because of the uh, you know gatekeeping but, um, you know, the more people that know, the more people demanding answers. I think everyone knows somebody that's suffered um, or been, you know, injured or, or died even from one of these vaccines. And, you know, people just need to speak up and not hold their voice anymore. We need, you know, we need to speak, speak out. And now's the time. You know?
0: I've heard about a COVID-19 litigation event that happened in Atlanta I think last year, and uh, there may be another one coming up, is this something you would recommend for attorneys that are being flooded with these injury issues so that everybody can share information and perhaps succeed a lot more efficiently?
3: Yes, we, I've spoken at um, our local conferences in California uh, with Children's Health Defense here. We've tried to get the, you know, there's, and, and the first time I remember speaking about these things, there was, you know, zero reception on these. And the last time we were at the conference last summer with Children's Health Defense, people were, were coming up to the booth, you know, a lot more uh, aggressively. To, to get information. So I think people are starting to realize what's going on. Everyone's getting sicker and sicker, and they're not really sure why, you know? I mean, we know why, but, uh, you know, I haven't been sick in three years. <laughs> uh, but I know people that have been like sick four times this year already. So right. I think people are looking for answers. And the more people that are getting sicker and the more people that are you know dying off because of this, the more people are gonna you know be questioning the, the official narrative.
0: Yeah, I may wanna interview you, Patrick, in addition to this show, for the long COVID recovery, to talk about legal strategies of getting help for people—that might be another thing that I definitely want to cover in that that there's summit some, or that. There's place. some higher level
3: litigation taking place at the federal level. I know Children's Health Defense has a lawsuit against the Department of Defense that's um, kind of uh, in the works right now um, for you know real liability outside of the workers' compensation arena. Yeah, and you know I do have faith eventually that this will all be exposed the way it needs to be. That there will be compensation, you know, in some form. Uh, from a federal, uh, you know, fund. Eventually, you know, hopefully for the for the victims and their families. Um, we're not there yet, but I do have faith that that's coming. Hopefully, in the near future.
0: Yeah, and and Danny, are you going to be able to to travel to some of these events, which I love seeing you at? Uh, you know, various upcoming events like Next Steps and other things where you guys have gotten a platform. Thank God, the nurses particularly, but um, those that have been uh, injured and those that are trying to help the injured. um, Are you now confined to staying at home because the condition has has gotten intense uh, as far as symptomatic?
2: It's harder for me to travel. Um, And the main thing, you know, is financially, um, you know, everybody going to the conferences and stuff, um, you know, generally, um, you know, we find our own way there and um i just can't uh, afford it financially so you know certainly um i'm open to attending things but um as far as getting there you know my costs would have to be covered um yeah. i yeah. do know um warner um Mental hall Catherine they started their own foundation and they are having another litigation conference in Colorado in June and they've invited right. um, um, me to that and I'm um, sure Patrick will be there and, and they'll cover my costs for that um, but as of Right now, that's the only thing that um, that I have. I did attend an event in Florida at the Villages. Um, just recently, Dr. Avila um, has uh, over, I think, 24% of her patients in in the Villages, which is her retirement community that are injured. Um, and so I was invited to speak there and then they're doing another. have been a town hall event on March uh, the 15th. So that might be something to watch for. It'll be virtual as well.
0: I know that you've gotten a lot of love and support from not only the nursing community, but at these events um, that, uh, you know, you feel a, a camaraderie and a support, but um, are, have you found anything locally where you live, any family, friends, church groups, anything, because I don't want to see you or any of those folks, friends of ours that are injured, ostracized because people don't want to deal with it or don't understand it or think that, you know, you're somehow attacking their way of life just because you had the, the unfortunate, uh, you know, event of being injured by something that they all said, you have to have or else. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know, I have, uh, my family has been absolutely uh, wonderful. I couldn't ask for a better force system there, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, I have lost a lot of friends locally um, and I, I don't know if it's the lack of belief of what happened to me, it, more so it's hard to see me and so therefore, you know, we disconnect and, and um, if it's not seen and heard, then it's not happening. So a, a lot of my support as you said it is online and through our community that that we're connected to um it's it's sad really because you know locally there just isn't a whole lot for any of us
0: Oh, we'd like to see that change and shift. That's why I'm glad to have you on, as well as Patrick, on today to talk about it. In the show notes today, when we first air this broadcast, I believe it's February 16th, 2024. Don't quote me on that because every day it's, it's running into the next nowadays. It's so fast what's happening. Uh, but in the notes, we have the GiveSendGo.com link specific to the coerced nurse, Daniel Baker. Uh, if you feel so inclined to support. Uh, her, uh, you know, efforts here just, you know, to maintain much less, you know, come out of this and get the help she needs. um, Please go there and support. Again, the links are up. There it is. Super Don's got it up so you can see it. Uh, every little bit you know helps in these cases and uh you know i hope and pray that you can get what you need to get out of this and uh and patrick again i'm a, i'm grateful for you i know lawyers aren't the most popular people on the planet but doesn't mean you don't do good work cuz you are doing good work here and i'm appreciative of it
3: i'm one of the good ones and i'm not a divorce attorney
0: <laughs> yes please qualify
3: that he is
2: yeah, a good no, no. one I,
3: I, I help people you know that need my help right so there mm-hmm. are good attorneys out there most of the attorneys that were fighting these kind of cases from the beginning were mom and pop shops like myself. Mm-hmm. And my partner is my mother. I have an associate and I have, you know, a couple of employees. We're not a large firm. Um, I think the biggest firm, you know, that handled some of these larger cases maybe had like less than 10 attorneys, you know, because the biggest firms, they work for the, the evil empire. Right. You know? So it's the people with the big hearts that come through in the end.
0: It's like the the, the, the Al Pacino movie. Remember The Devil's Advocate? with yeah. Keanu Reeves. You know, it's like the devil is working through these large firms to control everything, you know, and then the independent lawyer wants to do right. You know, how how do they not get corrupted? Just like anybody going into government, how do they not get corrupted? You find these souls occasionally, like my friend Jonathan Emord, who's an attorney who's beaten the FDA back a world record eight times running for the United States Senate because he wants to bring that integrity that he brought to his practice to defend freedom of speech, freedom of thought, conscious and health and bodily autonomy to a place where it's sorely lacking. And uh, Patrick, again, it seems like you're doing that good work as well. And you're connected to our friends at CHD Children's Health Defense. And I'm great. God has his
3: attorneys too. Don't worry. He's got them coming. Oh,
0: good. Yeah. that's excellent so um, again I, I don't want to keep going back to you Danny to speak because I just it hurts me that you know how much effort you, you have to communicate but I also want people to hear you and I know you've been on this show and others and, and I continue to support you and you know we'll be certainly talking about you even if you're not at the events and, and, and getting you the support you need
2: no I greatly appreciate it if it weren't for people like you then our stories would would not, you know, be uh, told. Uh, you know, Patrick is the, the you of attorneys, and and my opinion, you know, the just really good people out there that are willing to to help in the capacity that they can. You know, you're able to bring all kinds of wonderful guests on and and talk to us and and Patrick has done wonderful work in the uh, arenas. And I think that if we continue to be together and to make sure that we're elevating each other, then ultimately we'll win. You know, it's something I have always said about my case is that, you know, I don't fear going into you know civil litigation because I speak the truth and when you tell the truth you can't trip over yourself or you can't be caught in a lie and so Mm -hmm. as long as we're sitting and speaking and the the truth will ultimately win.
0: Amen. Uh, Patrick if there are updates along the way please reach out just or Danny, you as well. Um, And if you need anything from me, Danny, you know, if you don't have my number, you should, but uh, reach out anytime. If I can help in any way, uh, I'm here for you as well. And, uh, but Patrick, yeah. and, And these, these be even beyond what's happening here. And we're talking about it with Danny there's so many, there's no way to isolate it just to this, even though this is so important. This is the human cost. We're talking about the real human beings that are harmed and injured and struggling trying to survive and then thrive again one day. And I want to see that happen. But as you know, every time you come on and speak about these issues, someone else goes, Oh my gosh, I know somebody, or I am that somebody and I need that help. And I want them to have access to this. Is there another website, Patrick, besides the Gibson for Danny that we should know about?
3: Um, that's the only one I'm aware of right now. We might set up a, um, a litigation fund for her case. There are some expenses associated with uh, expert witness testimony and court costs that we're trying to help her with. Um, you know, so we uh, you might might want to have her back on at some point down the road. But um, you know, what we're going to get that get that in the works. We just kind of started game planning, you know, her case uh, in the last month or so. You um, know, I've been dealing with my own things, uh, my own practice and stuff here. And, uh, you know, Warner and I will be reconvening sometime this month, I think, to kind of get a litigation strategy uh, planned here. And, uh, you know, we'd like to get as much press for her as possible during the course of this. I think she has, you know, one of the most important cases there out there right now. And the more, the more people, you know, know about these things, uh, you know, there's a lot of disconnect between, you know, the injuries and, you know, cognitive dissonance. People don't want to believe that they, they poison themselves essentially and that the government could be doing this to them and their employers and whatnot. So um as time goes on, I think, you know, as as you know, more people speak on these things, we're gonna have a lot of success getting the word out.
0: Yeah. Well, we got a nice message from Andrew Kelly Burkhart for you. Danielle saw your talk at the villages online. Very powerful, and important. Thank you for all that you do praying for you as we all are. And uh, in addition to those uh, prayer supports, which are great, we're grateful for. If anybody wants to support her directly, again, we have the links to the give, send, go as well. And I, I thank you for, you know, uh, yeah obviously danny you probably go how would i not do this but you know not everybody is so thank you that you're doing it and we support you and uh patrick i do appreciate connecting with you thank you and and bringing your integrity to the fore in a field that's very very difficult to find you know to do these right things right there's a lot that works against you and i i'm greatly appreciative of your efforts here here anytime robert yeah absolutely all right yes and
2: uh, i just want to say um patrick is uh, correct we will be setting up a a legal fund you know patrick and and warner you know they're busy because they want to help and and we will need to be able to fund witnesses and, and stuff of that nature you know and we can't expect them to you know cover all of those costs they're doing mm-hmm. enough as it is so as we get that that set up, um, I would greatly appreciate, you know, certainly sharing that yeah, just as let, well.
0: Let us know so we can put that out there as well and uh, continue this journey back to health and healing. And, and uh, one day we might have a government that actually protects our health rather than uh, uh, co- co- contributes or... Um, colludes with those that are harming and stealing and robbing our health. Uh, I know that's a, you know, a high ideal to strive to, but it's like actually a very basic thing you'd think would be something that, of course, but we're, we're going against a, a lot of years, decades. Sometimes we would argue centuries of evildoers and, and part of our growing up and putting our big boy and big girl pants on is to recognize not everybody believes as we do. You know, none of you here would ever harm another like that. So why would anybody else? We ha- And we forget to think, well, not everybody believes and has the same values that we have. So we have to recognize that and be willing to acknowledge that, yeah, there are people that would do things that are horrible as much as we don't want to acknowledge it. But I- unless we do, then this can keep happening.
2: Well, and then what happened to humanity? You know, I, it, 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 the people that are just so willing, regardless, regardless of, of what you believe. You know, I made a, a post on, on the day and I'm most active uh, on X, that I worst nurse. You know, I, I made a post that, that said, essentially, you don't have to believe me and I don't need you to believe me. I just need you to know I'm having a human experience and recognize that um, we don't have that you know uh, evil is taking over some times and the things that people are are willing to say are are appalling but Mm -hmm. within that i see our community growing by leaps and bounds too so um it's polar opposites and i have faith that and then that that we will win for humanity you know we there's no other option for me
0: yes and it often takes the greatest adversities and tragedies to wake us up to the deeper meaning for life and and the importance of things that we've kind of overlooked or took for granted uh right here in the united states of america where this show originates uh we we like to pride ourselves on a love of freedom but We fell into a trap by not defending that freedom to where the government was successful in coercing so many into a great harm, a damage. Mm -hmm. Some have passed away and didn't survive it. And you, uh, Danny, are here, and we're grateful for that and and fighting for your survival. And then ultimately, I'd like to see you thrive. And as I said, anything we can do here, this is part of our journey and mission here on the Robert Scott Bell Show.
2: Ah, You're such a good man, and, and we appreciate you so very much.
0: I appreciate you, too. Patrick, anything else before we wrap up here?
3: Um, nothing. I, I, I just want to reiterate, I do think, I do see progress. I hear people chattering amongst uh, the masses now about all matter of things, not just, you know, the, the COVID vaccines being an issue, but, but all kinds of things that are of the darkness that are coming to light, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm hearing people talk about things that, you know, two years ago, you never would have heard in, yeah. in public discussion. You know, the, the people's minds are opening. As much opening as we fast.
0: Yeah, as much as this is hard to confront, like I said, I feel very the emotions of it. Before you guys came on and talking about the coercion issue, it's just like makes my blood boil. I'm human. But at the same time, I don't want to operate and act out of that anger. And then I could be part of, part of the problem and engage in you know, acts of violence that they've engaged on against us, against uh, Danny and others. And that's not where we wanna go. You wanna take the high road, but you can't ignore those that are taking the low road. And you've gotta defend yourself and bring that to light. And in that way, we create a better future. I'm not doom and gloom on this at all. In fact, I'm seeing incredible miracles every day, precisely because of what happened. And, and Danny, God bless you for speaking out despite the difficulty today. I'm like, oh, I'm drawing, wanting to breathe, <laughs> bring, give you out more oxygen so you can get the word out. So we'll continue this. And again, as updates happen, both Patrick, Danny, you're welcome here anytime. And God bless you both. Thank you for being here. And we'll continue to follow it and help you out in any way we can. Thank you very Aww. much. Love, love, love always you. wins. Yes, love always win. L, bring the love to all And it is the most powerful message. When I was uh, just on the Jim Baker uh, show uh, just the other day when I flew out for a 24-hour whirlwind trip, that was also the message when they asked me, you know, what is the biggest threat? And I said, fear, fear driving out the love of God, of, of creation. And if we, you know, as we've witnessed that fear drove people to do things that were not. In their own best interest that drove them to self-harm, even though it was harm from others, but they uh, participated because they were told they have no choice, even though they said, well, you have a choice. You can be fired and then lose everything, or you can take the shot. That's what's so outrageous about all of this. It's not that these things exist because that's the nature of planet Earth, I guess. All of these things are options, but when they take away your options to say no and mean it that's where they cross the line. That's why they're going to fall and fail and crumble ultimately, because that I think is the most upsetting to that, which created us all you take away choice. Now you've taken away the, the gift that's second only to life itself. Once you're here to have those choices. All right, super Don, I know we got a few more minutes before the top of the hour. we got a homeopathic hit coming up. Wanted to bring you back in if you need to vent too, because I, you can't help, but you know, the topics we've covered over the years, some of them are incredibly emotional and I'm feeling that today, heading into the weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't notice,
1: yes, I did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's such a, a a big problem that it's almost hard to like wrap your head around.
2: Yeah, you know,
1: somebody you know, people that are going through stuff like what Danielle's going through, and the the system's rigged mm-hmm. in, in so many cases. You know what? What I think you were alluding to you know, over the years when we've seen other things similar yeah, where, you know, the injustices that are out there and how the system's not only broken, which we point out all the time. I mean, it's a broken right. system, the healthcare system, literally every system, you know, it doesn't not even just healthcare. The, the The system is broken. We'll just mm-hmm. call it that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is something, it gives us plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. And when we can highlight situations like this with Danielle, um, you know, it, it gives it a human element but, um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that she's got the support that she's got. I'm glad that what we're seeing as a result mm-hmm. of what happened over the last three or four years, attorneys like Patrick Collinsworth and yeah. Warren Mendenhall and people like that that are stepping forward, uh, you know, to, to help these people out because, you know, honestly, they are all taking chances. This is a risk for, for these guys to step forward and do this kind of thing you know it's not easy for them yeah to be representing people with vaccine injury you know that thing that doesn't exist
0: it's not a big it's profit still, center uh, for the attorneys that take on these cases you know because yeah. the people that are having to they're do it brave. Often, that takes courage well and they're often darn near destitute just trying to stay alive you know yeah. keep medical bills paid other, other things so it's a it's a great disadvantage but uh i believe with god all things are possible and as as patrick ended on that 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 love and that's again what i said um, when I was on the, the uh, Jim Baker show with the family there. That is it. It's remembering that love is more powerful in all of this evil. Now, it it may be difficult for those to see the power of the evil manifesting and how it's played out. But it takes often that for us to find our footing again in love, in God's love, in our direct connection to the divine. These are, again, my perspectives here. I'm seeing a lot of positive things in the midst of the difficulties. And, you know, next hour when we have Jen Sharp back on the show from Anecdotals, I'm I'm uplifted by her and her efforts to highlight, spotlight through her film, much less just her humanity, her compassion. And her integrity, intellectual and otherwise, to tackle the toughest of tough issues, and even the the risk to to alienate people that were friends and family members because you know we've we've seen so much division, divisiveness over this issue. Which it's a human experience; it's a human issue. Why should it be divisive? It should be something that brings us to compassion, to love, well, to support.
1: And, and you know the the thing with with Jennifer Sharp and mm-hmm. this movie that she put together, if I remember correctly, it's not like it's. Uh, vaccines are, are bad and terrible and nobody should take vaccines. It's a, can we at least just talk about it? Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. it's a very reasonable
0: stance. That's an understatement, but yes, I know what you're saying. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I was just, yeah.
1: hey, you know, look, uh, you can have whatever f- opinion you have, mm-hmm. but can we at least talk about it? Can yeah. we at least go, hey, you know, not let, let's not pretend that these people over here don't exist. Yeah. And that's probably the the talk about the blood boiling yeah. th- scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Where you've got people that clearly you know they they are dismissed by the government, they're dismissed by doctors and scientists and treated like they don't exist or they're crazy. Like mm-hmm. they're they're they're, they're gaslight. It's all in your head. Right. This had nothing to do with the vaccine.
0: Well, and that's what they're having a battle in court over, right? And so right. it's unfortunate that it has to happen. But that system, as you've said, has been set up and, and uh, it's rigged. But we shall overcome. And you talk about, can we talk about stuff? Hey, can we talk about your urinary tract? Not yours specifically, Super. You really want to? Uh... Not not yours specifically, oh. but anybody's. How about that? Because that leads to the homeopathic hit of the day. <laughs>
1: Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show.
0: When it comes to urinary tract issues, can we please put the antibiotics down the list closer to a last resort? Please. And I know you guys know about cranberry and D-manos and other things, and even silver, which is great. But good Lord, don't overlook homeopathy here. Our homeopathic hit of the day goes to Berberus vulgaris. Berberus vulgaris. And it's a, it's a very important, you know, this is one of those things that, yeah, it has other uses, but the primary focus is toward the urinary tract. And you can see that image of the plant that it's derived from the Berberus vulgaris plant. Look at that looks a little intimidating to your bladder, but it's actually helpful in a homeopathic form.
1: It's very happy.
0: It's kind of happy, but kind of in a, kind of intimidating way. <laughs> I'll just say it. But then again, if you have a UTI, it's intimidating. It's painful. It's annoying. It's, ah, and you want to deal with it. And I want you to deal with it in a way that might preclude the re- reliance on antibiotics at all. So let's go into that. The PDF is open now. It's at the website, robertscottbell.com. And uh, the today's show notes on uh, February 16th and then Eventually placed up in a special area for you to find. And then for those of you who are patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and I hope you'll consider becoming one, you can have access to these approximately five-minute segments on audio and video as well, becoming a patron supporter. But let's go into Berberus vulgaris, the remedy also known for kidney and bladder issues. Uh, this is uh uh, including, by the way, kidney stones, UTIs, related pain associated with it, burning, all of these things. Uh, so let's delve into the therapeutic applications of Berberis vulgaris in these areas. It's commonly known as barberry, a shrub, a shrubbery, yes, a shrubbery that bears sour berries. In homeopathy, it's used in its highly dilute form, focusing on the potential to treat urinary tract and renal conditions, especially if there's pain that radiates or even changes location. So as key characteristics include the physical focus, Berberis, known for treating conditions involving kidneys and bladder, such as sharp radiating pains associated with kidney stones and discomfort uh, during urinary tract infections. It's also indicated for lower back pain that is linked to these renal issues. Mentally, there may be general state of irritability, fatigue, and dealing with the pain and discomfort of all of these issues. So let's look at the primary uses. That includes kidney stones, particularly effective for managing the pain and discomfort. Sometimes it may not be enough, and you might need to resort to allopathic painkillers. I get it. They say kidney uh, stone pain is uh the worst pain a man can experience all women can experience it too compared to childbirth but um i can't speak to that i've never birthed a baby and by the way men can't just i don't think that's controversial but you know, <gasps> <I can't>. what, <laughs> did you what did you say what did you know right. urinary tract infections can affect men and women indiscriminate there so this is not a sexist issue it's used in cases of utis both men and women when there's pain that changes location or accompanied by a burning sensation renal and bladder discomfort indicated for general discomfort in the renal and bladder area including lower back pain kidney related issues so if we go to dosages the the right remedy is more important than the right dosage that can be argued uh, 6X, 10X, 12X, 30C, whatever you got, use it. Use it frequently in the throes of an acute chronic or chronic. But if you want to go to the higher potencies, again, please consult with a homeopath and uh, you can get more help there for long-term recurrent issues like kidney stones. Now, complementary remedies, the classic burning sensation one is Cantharis. We may have covered that in a previous homeopathic kit used alongside berberis vulgaris for intense burning and pain during urination or typical of urinary tract infections hydrangea you've heard of that the hydrangea flower as a homeopathic is also useful for kidney stones complementing berberous action and prerara brava i don't believe we've done that remedy yet uh nor hydrangea in our homeopathic hits. we've got loads to go but that's additional help for renal colic and painful bladder issues now, Berberus vulgaris is a homeopathic remedy completely safe. But if you have an ongoing lingering issue that's not clearing up, please consult a healthcare provider, preferably one that is holistically or homeopathically oriented. And as we conclude this homeopathic hit of the day, Berberous vulgaris, definitely a valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating kidney and bladder-related issues, pain, discomfort associated with kidney stones, urinary tract infections. So please keep tuning, tuning into the RSB show for more homeopathic hits and empowering information remember this is not to replace your doctor if you have or want one or need one but it's to provide important information so you can make fully informed decisions about the care of your health your loved ones care of your kids your elders etc and i don't think that's a bad thing at all i don't think any government medical media entity or agency should be prohibiting you from knowing this information nor acting upon it i know call me crazy for freedom <laughs> i i'll 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 live it all the way. And I appreciate y'all being here. Hey, second hour, we've got more discussion of injuries associated with uh, COVID long COVID, etc. And then Jennifer Sharp is back. Jen Sharp is back with her film anecdotals. It's a wonderful film. We've had her on before. I'm so excited to have her back on again. And I talked to her yesterday. I'm like, Hey, could you come on tomorrow? Yes. So she's here and she's got um, a couple of showings of the film screenings. And it looks like I'll be at one of them in the Phoenix, Arizona area. We'll talk about that too. I'm so excited. Anyway, stick around. Lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show because the power to heal is yours. This hour, uh, Jennifer Sharp is back on the Robert Scabell Show momentarily. Uh, we're going to talk about her film anecdotals and the upcoming screenings. Also, it's been so long since I've had her on the show. I'm just excited to learn about what she's been learning. And uh, boy, oh, boy. So I'm going to go through these first two stories pretty quick. But I do have to make some announcements, of course. Uh, also, Trinity School of Natural Health, you just saw a little uh, uh, a commercial for them. They have the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. The virtual expo is happening tomorrow and the next day. We are right there. 17th and 18th of February for 35 bucks, you have access to all of the lectures. You couldn't see them even if you were there through the Whova app and online, uh, including some additional things from my good friend, Dr. Carolyn Dean and uh, Jeffrey Smith, of course, Brian Artis and others that are going to be participating. And uh, I do hope that you'll participate and share the good news because you can learn a lot. You can save lives. You can recover lives with the information that you learn from the Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And remember, the, the next event is going to be the end of September in Indiana. Indianapolis. For the first time, the whole Health Freedom Expo will be there along with the Trinity Live event. So upcoming events, check that out. We also have uh, coming up in Atlanta, I think that's the next thing after we got the Warner's event, and there it is, Health and Freedom Summit. I hope that you'll join me in Atlanta for that, uh, March seventh through tenth. Judy Mikovits, Peter McCullough, and others, and uh, what a wonderful time to get together and support one another, learn as well, teach as well. And then uh, right after that, the next weekend at Lake Lanier Islands Resort, just outside of Atlanta, is the Next Steps Conference. Thanks to Tia Severino, uh, March. 14th through 17th, 2024, next-steps.info. The lineup is so amazing. The folks that are gonna be there, I just can't wait to give lots of hugs and again, teach and learn. I'll be speaking at that event as well. So that's coming up as well. What else do we have coming up next after that Super Don? And all of these are in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Be Healthy Utah, April 19th and 20th. Uh, just got confirmation that my friend Liana Warner Gray is going to speak there as well. I'll be speaking and broadcasting and that's uh, the Mountain America Expo Center, Sandy, Utah. Just out. It's basically a Salt Lake suburb. Uh, that's a wonderful event every year. Then we head to... Uh, the one I don't have in between this is uh, through, due through the Inspired uh, group, and uh, we're going to be in Geneva, Switzerland for a, a global response on health freedom, medical freedom. And I'll be speaking there as well. That's really cool, like uh, end of May, early June. But the RSB Show Family Reunion, you wanna learn how to homestead? Let's visit with the Goody Family Farms Homestead in Joplin, Missouri. And uh, it was uh, so great. There's the the Trinity Health Freedom Expo live event as well, September 28th and 29th now in Indianapolis coming up later. There'll be more that we'll add to the mix. Uh, Also, shout out to mom who's in the audience. Mom, we'll see you in Atlanta soon as well. And she's here, now 90, still dancing. Big part of the equation, not only cardio miracle, but you know it, folium PX. How many of you, if you if you still have your parents around, want to see your parents dancing at 90 years of age? Come on, foliumpx.com. Info at foliumpx.com if you have questions about it. The folium original, the folium PX, folium immuno, the folium relax. All of these things are life-changing in a powerful, positive way. If you've hit a ceiling in your healing, you want to break through, I highly recommend you do what my mom did and get back on the dance floor at any age. Foliumpx.com use the code RSB10 or just reach out to the uh, Bobri Oren, uh, who we've had on many times to talk about how you can tap into that and help yourself or others. And he's been great. He's donated a lot to Judy Mikovits and their ministry as well. And I'm grateful for that. So thank you, Bobri. Thank you all for being here. Real quick, a couple of uh, stories here to cover and then we'll bring Jen Sharp into the mix. Uh, new evidence suggests long COVID may be a brain injury. Uh, you know, I almost want to call it a moment of dove. Of course, there's injury to the brain, but the question is how. The, what they're not bringing up is the COVID injection. They only talk about COVID-19, and what that even is is still somewhat in dispute. There are a lot of arguments about that. But what they found is that those suffering post-COVID, and I would argue post-COVID injection, uh, had the equivalent of 20 years of brain aging, accelerated brain degeneration. Now, we just had Danny Baker on last hour and we've seen what it, it, how it's manifested in her and others like her. It's just, uh, it's the human tragedy. I'm not giving up on any of them. I hope you don't give up on them. And that's why we're gonna be doing Uh, a long COVID masterclass uh, and behind the scenes and we'll have that launching probably in June. So if you know of anybody that wants to participate, let me know because we want to interview them. I want to interview them as well as we find solutions where there apparently are none. I believe there are. And so there's a lot more to learn. But these docs, unfortunately, unless they look at the COVID injection, they're missing. They can't see the forest through the trees, the injections there. And one more thing, COVID study, COVID-19 associated with quadrupled risk of chronic fatigue, long COVID fatigue. Both of these things, as we talk about brain, neurological function, blood flow, all related to copper deficiency. You know, it's one of the things that I've talked about, but there's so much more than that. And um, again, this study is not addressing the COVID, you know, the elephant in the room, so to speak, the syringe in the room, the COVID injection. But the chronic fatigue issues that have been long preceding this have been made worse. And again, I argue a lot of this is a, a copper deficiency, but there's a way more to it than that. And to find out what more to it is happening considering what she's been through since I first met her at a health freedom event. I think it was in Minnesota when we first met and then had her on a couple of times, seen her movie, happy to share everybody about this. You go to AnecdotalsMovie.com. We're going to find out on some upcoming uh, screenings. It looks like I'll be at one of them and uh, grateful for her work. So pleased to know her and can't wait to see her again. Give her a great big hug. But right now she's back. Jen Sharp on the Robert Scott Bell show. Hey Jen.
4: Hi. Yay. Oh.
0: So good to see you right in front of that couch. We're like in the living room together hanging out.
4: I decided this is my comfortable spot. I have to be comfortable and and find good health and not be angry.
0: Oh, well, yeah. And, And I opened the show today admitting that, you know, as I'm covering another story, of course, of the coercion that's so obvious with these injections that happen inside and outside the military you know my blood boils and i'm like but i don't want to be an angry person i don't want to be angry all of the time that's not going to be helpful to me or anybody but yeah. we acknowledge our humanity in seeing the and being outraged by what we've witnessed and then those that have been shunned because they've simply been injured like yourself and like are we making progress tell me we're making some progress and reaching okay. people we couldn't reach
4: <laughs> there's good and bad there's yeah. good and bad right and so in the middle of good and bad is the quest to remain to not be injured and depressed. And I have, so I've been um, with anecdotals for a year now and I did a big press thing and it was doing really well, but I did have to step away from my own mental health mm-hmm. because when you start talking about COVID vaccines and, I'm try- and I try to remain neutral, like I try not to focus on the hate. There's a lot of things to hate if you want to, there's a lot of things to be angry about if you want to, right? But my goal is to bring people together and it is happening. So I'll tell you the positive, but- yes. In my quest, I got a lot of hate from both sides, you know, um, talking about this, from people on both sides of it. Like just people saying really mean things to me. And you know, I mean, and I just see how it goes, you know? And, and I was just like, I have to step back a little bit. I,
0: and I wanted to beat them all up. And I got, I'm not a violent person, <laughs> but come on, really? How could you hate on Jen Sharp? She's such a love.
4: Yeah, so, um. okay. So the good news is uh, I got accepted into the first left-leaning film festival Um, Last week, I I had two screenings last week. So this is huge because I'm trying to bridge the gap. I'm trying to inform people. Like I'm not. So for example, one of the things that somebody on the, I want to, I don't want to say left or right, but someone on the, and I don't want to say anti or pro, but someone on the
0: we got to so find you, a way to communicate. And I get right. it. Cause I have the same problem. Like I don't want to divide people in the categories and camps, yeah. but somehow we, we can't avoid talking about it in that regard. But acknowledging, as you said, it's yeah. not all one or the other, but we have to acknowledge our human experience and try to talk our way through it and exactly. pray that people hear it for what, it, what we're really trying to communicate.
4: Exactly. And not get hung up on the semantics of it or yeah. the polarization of it all. Right. So, um, So somebody, you know, who was on the anti-vax side for whatever that means, Mm -hmm. um, sent this kind of mean thing saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about because the whole film is referred to as a vaccine and it's not a vaccine, it's gene therapy. And it's like, so there's like this nitpicky thing of people picking semantics of this. And I'm just like, look, if I called it gene therapy The people on the pro-vax side would not even touch this film. They'd be like, oh, this is some conspiracy theory. And it's not a matter of what's right, what's wrong. I actually personally did a deep dive into the definition of vaccine myself. Mm -hmm. And I studied the history of it and I did a whole like paper on it and I was going to write a whole series about it. And with my deep dive, this vaccine is definitely a gene therapy but it also can be considered a vaccine. Like really from the definition of vaccine, the definition of vaccine has changed twice. Mm -hmm. So that's what I got, but it doesn't matter what I think. And you know, everybody can have their own No,
0: Jen, I'm with you, I get so annoyed and I love these people too, believe me. I mean, they're passionate, they believe strongly what they believe, but we're trying to communicate to everybody. And I know that some people will say, well, that means you're not committed to anything. I don't agree with that. I think the ability to have these conversations is, is ultimately healing and uplifting even though it's difficult to get there so i acknowledge it on all sides uh, this is not i don't think we're under a delusion it's just only there's only these guys are the bag there's a lot of bad going around and trying to navigate the human experience you know yeah. kind of moves us beyond it but we do have to talk about it
4: exactly and i'm looking at my phone right now because i'm just like i would like to share a couple emails i've gotten from like people who've seen the movie who are pro box right? So I have a fellow vaccine injured person who loves the movie and she's so thankful. She's sharing it with all her Provax people who don't understand her. She's been doing it one by one. It's been a year of sharing this movie. So it's not like it's taking time, but someone just said um, to her, I just watched that movie. Oh my God, it was so eye-opening. I've definitely changed my tune. I was definitely judgmental about people who didn't get vaccinated before. No more mRNA vaccines for my family. Thank you for passing the movie along and telling me what you've been going through. Mm, so, um, yeah. yeah, and here's just one more. Um, uh, I, I just watched anecdotals. Wow, a lot to process. I decided to hold off on my booster today. Mm. There are people who are, so it is, there are differences yes. being made. And I think that's the important thing that I remember there are, and you have to be gentle with people. We have to meet people where they are. So I got accepted after a year of rejections of film festivals because film festivals are all left-leaning or at least the main ones, you know? And so I didn't expect, but I got into one. I've had two screenings um, and it was really interesting to finally be around people who actually hadn't heard about vaccine injury, hadn't heard of it, Um, And a lot of them didn't want to come to the movie, but I got to go and talk to them. Like, it wasn't about people showing up. It was about saying, hey, I was vaccine injured. This is my personal documentary. And from that, starting discussions. And I just think that the fact that I got into this festival is showing that people are more open Mm -hmm. to question things. That's all, to question things. and we have to do that, so that's good. That's I mean, I'm having good um, screenings. I'm opening people's minds. It's going to be a long, a long road, right? So, that's the good. The bad is that um, I just watched the House, uh, the House Senate Committee on Vaccine Safety Programs hearing yesterday. Mm-hmm. So there was this big meeting yesterday with the House, and all the vaccine injured people have been spreading around their con- their House representatives' phone numbers call your house representative tell them you're injured tell them to care because they're having this meeting with peter marks um Mm -hmm. from the fda a guy from cicp and a guy from cdc so we're all excited like the whole vaccine community and you know we're like we've called our congress you know this is a house meeting they're going to talk about it and every almost well i i could watch like 10 minutes and then i got physically ill and i went to a yoga class Mm -hmm. that was how i handled it um I was texting with other vaccine injured people and they were all like i am shaking this is infuriating and i can't believe that after all this time peter Marks is sitting there saying the exact same thing he said in my movie he's like there aren't adverse reactions there there, you know we don't know like he's basically like there are a few things and they kept saying these talking points at the senate hearing which was like or the house um but the one thing they would say is here's something that proves how well we've been tracking it after j and j had six clots blood clots we closed it down and that shows how much we were on it and we recommended. It. and now we don't even recommend j wow. and j i wondered why they closed down the j and j with six reactions right like that didn't make sense to me if it's only six that is rare so like why are you shutting it down it's all political right because i didn't make sense but the but the mrnas have definite heart problems and there's so many neurological neurological and there's way more than six and nothing's been said about those but they can say oh we were so thorough that we even shut down the j and j after six blood clots so that's how great we are and so there's a lot of talking points every senator opened not everyone but almost all of them opened with First, we just want to make sure that anybody who hears us understands vaccines are important and, and it's important. And what we really care about is the messaging and that people aren't getting hesitant because of all the maybe mix ups in the media. And so no. the whole thing was really about how do we make people trust us more? And do we need to give more money to these programs so that mm. we can do better? And it was no. totally a slap in the face to anybody who's been injured by the vaccine.
0: Well, and Jen, this is where uh, we talk about the capturing of uh, people. It doesn't matter what party they're in. We know predominantly what happened that you know, divided us further in this regard. But at this point, I see people that have been injured didn't matter their political affiliation, and now they're seeing a little bit beyond it. But yeah, these folks are bought and paid for, just as we've known for yeah. you know almost ever. This was the risk of having centralized power structures or capturing of our agencies by entities that profit from. Uh, you know, monopoly uh, practice acts, if you talk about medicine, or uh, the alleviation or elimination of liability should a product injure or even kill. And that's not something that we would normally say is is good. I mean, we never say, yeah, car manufacturers are going to be absolved for any liability should there be a defect in their design or something goes wrong. And people would go, yeah, that's outrageous. Of course not. How is it people accept for a moment that this is a good idea with a product that gets injected into babies, much less anybody, and was even – mandated soft or otherwise into, you know, so I think we've got uh, still some growing up to do and maturation to recognize that there is, there shouldn't be an exception to the rule. You know, yeah. like this is a special category that requires, uh, you know, throwing away all of our uh, issues with bodily autonomy. Suddenly now, no, it doesn't matter. If you claim bodily autonomy, you, you want to kill grandma, you know, the extreme things we heard. And yeah. there's still those thoughts coming through those people that are bought and sold that are reading a script.
4: Yeah, and it's like, speaking of the childhood schedule, it's like, we are recommending, the CDC recommends this vaccine for anybody six months and older. That's the official recommendation, six months and older, when I can't tell you the exact, um, I can't tell you the exact countries, but I mean, there's no other country, or there's very few countries that do that. But I feel like even the UK, at this point, has stopped the booster program for anybody under 50. So, I mean, there's other Western countries that are just like, okay, we can hold off on the boosters. Maybe if you're older 50, like they're starting to do these things. And here in the US, we're like six months and higher, get boosters. And I just, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, like so much of this.
0: Well, this is, this is where, you know, I have to look at as much as I love the good parts. And we've had discussions about this. There's certainly, so we can look back at our history or any nation's history and go, well, oh, that's awful. But we neglect to look at the good parts, too. And when we neglect those, we end up down a road where we become the United States of big pharma, basically, more than any other country culture. and culture. I think partly because we're younger than most countries, we were enamored with advancements in science and, and drugs. And we became very vulnerable to these advancements, like there was no downside to them. And they became more adopted, more like religion or cult, the devotion that people have. And like, why are you defending this? Like, you know what is it yeah. about that we question certain things? And that vaccine construct became something that people of all faiths or no faiths defended and attacked anybody who is, as you point out, injured by it, not that they were anti, they were like, hey, I, I did it, I took it. And then they're called anti-vaxxer as a slur, as a, a derogatory term. You know, this is where we got, we've lost our humanity is my point. And in America, we've lost our way. Although I think to lose our way is to find it again. Sometimes we have to in order to get it back.
4: Yeah. And as I was going around the, the festival handing out, you know, trying to promote my movie um, on that same point, like, you know, I remember this one lady was like, and this is how I started, very gentle. And, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm a filmmaker at the festival and I have a personal documentary out. It's my personal journey with my adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine and then what, how that shaped my life and the people I met. It's showing And this woman's reaction to that is well i've had five shots and i'm fine and it's just so funny because if i was saying hey this is my documentary it's about the rarest cancer in the world that no one's ever gotten but me Mm -hmm. and i want to tell my story about it you wouldn't say oh well i haven't had that cancer so i'm not gonna you know (laughs) but they say it you tell them your personal thing oh well i'm Mm -hmm. fine i didn't ask if you're fine like Mm -hmm. i'm actually just telling you my story but the good news to add some good things to that well, if you call it good, is that if if we call this good, oh my God, I am calling this good. But Mm -hmm. as I was handing out postcards, I would say three out of five, like a majority of people when I handed it out, were like, oh, I had a stroke after my shot. Oh, my nephew had this. Like everybody was like, wanted to tell me stories of adverse reactions. So I guess that's a good thing because it's becoming more known.
0: Yeah. So you we know,
4: go good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. But well, it's, like, it, it's yeah.
0: harder and harder to deny this reality. And, and even though, as you point out, the, 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 the stomach feeling that you get watching these hearings when these people are trotting out, you know, reading scripts and just have lost their humanity, in my opinion, there are still real human beings out there that are finding their way back. And we're finding our way back. And, you know, out of these tragedies, uh, you know, and I wish they didn't have to happen, but for whatever reason they are. And here we are. What do we do now? Again, we can lash out in anger. And again, I'm human. I get that way. But then I want to find that love again for for people and and inspire them to do good and to care and have compassion. And, you know, that's been, I guess, part of the the reason we've had this experience is that we've lost so much. It needed to come right out to the surface. Like, let's not let's rip that bandit off, show everybody this festering wound so we can see it's there. It's not hidden anymore. Now, what are we going to do about it?
4: Now, what are we gonna do about it? Like, let's be honest, let's be open. And so, I mean, people are ready and there are some really good conversations I'm having. And I would like to, now is the time, maybe definitely more than a year ago to actually share anecdotals with people in your life because it's the one, you know, it's my my goal for this documentary was to reach the people who didn't wanna hear. That was my goal. Now, of course I won't reach all of them, but I am reaching some of them. And I think this is the time, like people are getting more and more open So that's a, that's a really positive thing. And so I'm happy about that.
0: So tell me about the upcoming, I get a couple of screenings in the the Phoenix area coming up this month.
4: Yeah. Along with the VAX injury bus that is hitting Tucson and Phoenix, um, the 25th and the 27th of February. So the 25th is in Tucson and the 27th is in Phoenix. And so the VAX bus will be there taking stories and getting signatures. And they will be having events each night with me and like a couple medical professionals or whoever they end up getting to talk about it. Maybe you wanna be on the panel. <laughs>
0: well, I guess let them know because it looks like, you know I'm gonna be at the Sonoran University on the 28th for an event for their students. Uh, and, uh, so I'm going to come in a day early somehow I got to find out when, but let's connect everybody. So maybe I can help out in that regard. And are you sure you want me at the screening though? I mean, I don't (laughs) want to create a ruckus, you know?
4: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's sponsored by the children's health defense of Arizona. So it's, it's friendly fire.
0: Good. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd be willing to go wherever you said. come with me. You know that Jen, I would
4: yeah, Well, please like, no, I'm on a mission. I had one other festival reach out because I was in this festival. So that, and it's another left-leaning festival. So there's some things, good things happening and really, really amazing things. So I'm excited about the prospects and, and I'll see you there. Yeah. So anyway, Tucson, mm-hmm. um, it's the children's health defense, uh, of Arizona. You can go to their website, go to events, Tucson on the 25th, which happens to be a really big birthday of mine. And I won't say, right,
0: that wait, is that your birthday on the 25th?
4: It's my birthday on the 25th. And I, there's nothing more I'd actually want to be doing except for like sharing my movie and, and all right. doing this type of thing. So, and then on Tuesday it's in Phoenix and it's a screening and it's great discussions. Like every screening that I've had has had amazing mm. discussions. Like, all right. So if I can
0: participate in any way, I'm there uh, and uh, I'll be there for you. I'll be mine's on the 23rd, by the way. So a couple of days before yours, I got to do 58 burpees. You want to do that with me?
4: My knees, unfortunately, Oh
0: no! I've told you you I have a
4: big birthday coming up. There's things I can't do anymore. I got to
0: get you some copper and other things. You shouldn't be having these problems because but I know why, again, what you've been through, as I said, and I acknowledge that. But that's part of my mission and journey, of course, in addition to all the healing that I've been dedicating my life to is like I got to double and triple down since these COVID injections came out. It's like you think you got it and then suddenly they throw a really harsh curveball for all of us and now we gotta dig deeper and, and uh, you know, I'm, I believe I'm up to the task. I know a lot of other docs are friends of mine, mostly holistically inclined, but some in the medical community that are up for it as well. And to pool our resources, to come together and teach and, and learn from each other is something that's the next part of our journey.
4: Yeah, how can I ask you like, it, you know, in your journey and in everything, like how do you stay mentally ha- peaceful? you know when so many things are wrong and yeah so many things make you angry like i i watched that house meeting and it just really like physically affected me and i actually mm. have a i really want to break it down like i think i'm going to take that meeting and turn it into some sort of a movie or short clips yeah. and, and counter kind of some of the things they're saying and mm-hmm. so for me to sit and watch that whole meeting probably about 10 times or 20 times to like do the things i want which i want to do But it's like, how do you, it's this balance, like, how do you, and then you have people yelling at you on both sides as well, like you have the hateful comments and, and I, you know, I empathize with everybody and I'm just, I mean, but I'm also just like, hate and calling people names is really not going to help. This
0: thing. No, it's not. And again, I, I acknowledge my humanity and these feelings that bubble up in me. I mean, who, who wouldn't feel these things, you know, that we see these injustices and, you know, not be outraged by it. But then, the, you know, the question is intellectually we go, well, is that going to help just me yell and scream and beat people up? Like, you know, I feel it, but it's not. You go, okay, I get it. I'm an adult. I've matured. I can figure out that's not the best way to do it and deal with it. At the same time, we have an obligation to defend ourselves. I agree there too. If you're attacked to defend yourself, sometimes it's not worth responding because the attacks are not even real if their bots are just low yeah. lives that you don't want to have anything to do with. But, uh, you know, part of it is what you've just said is take that and turn it into something positive and powerful, and, and that's part of the, the talent you have in filmmaking or be able to do these things. For me, of course, I have a show that I get to do two hours a day live plus, and that helps to be kind of a cathartic experience as I release and unload these things. And, and I feel better because of it. Kind of if I don't do a show for a day, cause I'm traveling, I'm like the next day, everybody get out of the way, you know, I'm like ah, I got to get this out <laughs> at the same time for me, it's a deeply spiritual uh, issue because as much as I, have intelligence. You have intelligence. If I think my mind is going to be the solution, I'll be deceived. And and I I want to get beyond that. Now that's a practice. It's a prayerful, contemplative, meditative practice, whether it's yoga or for me, I've shared the hue. I've talked to you about that and others. We've talked about it on this show for anybody to use. It just helps me to get opened up to, I think, a more divine, unconditional love that reminds me that, you know, we're all really family, even though many of our family members in the human tribe have lost sight of that that I can have that compassion and love and forgiveness. And that forgiveness is not for their sake, it's for our sake, but it also gives them room to overcome, you know, whatever they're trapped in, their anger, their wounds, their injuries. That, uh, you know, it's a hard place to be because there are people that have a lot of anger and they they're spitting at you. That's a vitriol. And it's like, I don't want to descend to that. I've done that. And it hasn't benefited me ultimately. So some of it's cognitive, some of it's practice. And a lot of it for me is that spiritual side of recognizing that this is a journey we're all on. And even if I don't know the reason all of the time, there is a reason for it. And we're here for a time such as this.
4: Yeah. Exactly. And it's and I think I think about it and it's like, but that's good to hear because it's just like, oh, that's, that's why I was excited to talk to you, too, because I'm like, oh, this is this is going to be so nice. I get to, like, talk about and I wanted to actually address something, you know, the long haul, the long covid studies you mm-hmm. talked about at the beginning. Um, So the thing about, you know, long covid, I believe it does exist in my mind, you know, like I'm not, you know, it, it exists. The problem is that a lot of the people with long covid now, I mean, so most people with long covid at this point have also been vaccinated. So it's hard to decipher. Yeah, I
2: think,
4: you know, they, and I think they, it has to do with the spike protein on both counts. So they both play on each other. And um, I had a experience with a friend that watched anecdotals early on, and we had a nice discussion, but she still got vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And um, she got two backs and a booster. And then she got COVID. And when she got COVID, she never really. She was really tired, so she kind of had a. From there, she felt like she was had long COVID a little. Mm-hmm. You know, she was tired, or whatever. Like, yeah. But her, but what she's mad about is that the doctor told her take Paxlovid. She's under fifty, oh. and they were so the doctor said, and she was like, well, do I need Paxlovid?" And the doctor was like, "Yes, it'll stop you from getting long COVID if you take Paxlovid." So that's what she was told by her doctor. She took Paxlovid. Mm-hmm. She had had three shots. She still got COVID. Yeah. Then she got another shot after. Then she got so sick that she basically told me she was sure she would be dead within a year. Like she'd been to too many clinics, no answers. Hmm. Um, Her Stuff was atrophying. She couldn't move. And she goes, I will be dead in a year. And she's telling me this and she's still calling it long COVID. And it's like she had the vaccine thing and it's just, and I had to tell her, like I helped her out a lot. And then I said, I just have to tell you, like you have a vaccine injury. You don't have long COVID. And, and maybe you have both like, but we need to. The, yeah. And the point of it all is that regardless of what you have, the vaccines did not. I mean, the vaccines did not stop you from getting long COVID. So let's mm-hmm. call it COVID, long COVID. Sure. You still got four vaccines, and you still have long COVID. That says something about maybe the vaccines not being <laughs> worth the risk.
0: Well, and Jen, as we talk to people who didn't. Succumb to the pressure for whatever reason, they didn't get any of the shots. Uh, Talk to them as I have and very rarely do I hear any of them with long COVID. Now now they may have pre-existing issues that preceded COVID uh, and COVID seemed to be the thing that revealed those pre-existing conditions, whether it was the COVID actually or the injection. Uh, So Anecdotally, anecdotally, uh, you know, use that word uh, speaking, I would say, yeah, it's a vaccine injury. I agree with that. But there may be quote unquote exceptions as we go deeper into this as I'm uncovering that and interviewing many doctors from around the world and other scientists on this issue for we're going to re- release this probably in June of this year, a, a, you know, a compendium of a lot of this because you know we have some agreements with people and there's a lot still to be discovered and uncovered so there's you know there's seemingly conflicting information but i would rather engage in those discussions to bring it out because that's how we'll get there by ignoring that or just saying my way or the highway that's just not what science is either much less the care and concern for healing medicine etc uh so that's part of our our journey and you know our journey yeah i say personally like when i met you there was just something about you you know we talked about this It's like feel like I know you. Right. And I'm so grateful for what you've done and also that you came from a wildly different experience uh, in America in terms of bringing what you are and who you are to this. It's been so, I think, and still is so very important to bridge a gap that others can't. You're uniquely suited, I believe, to do that. I'm not saying you're the only one, but you've taken it on. You volunteered, you know, And you might go, why did I volunteer? But I'm like that, too. Occasionally, like, oh, why did I volunteer for that? But here we are.
4: That's it, I knew I had to. So, I mean, I, cause I, well, I waited. I didn't want to make this documentary for a long time, but I mean for, but it just started becoming so obvious and all these people weren't listening to me. And so I just was like, I'm a filmmaker. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna do a movie that says everything I wanna say to the people who won't listen. And it was really therapeutic. And luckily I also am a true filmmaker. Like I, some of the interviews that were me with five cameras, two mics and me in front of the camera. So I set it up on tripods, set it up. I'm the only crew and I'm interviewing people. So, I mean, I'm a one woman show. I did all the editing. I had all the sound and the color correction. And so I know I can make a movie completely by myself. <laughs> and I'm, that's a rare thing. I yeah, mean, it's nothing to be proud of. I mean, it's something to be proud of, but like, I wish I didn't have to, but like yes. it happens. So I, because of that, I was like, I am the one to make this movie. And I also wasn't injured as badly as
0: the point of debility like last hour if you saw danny baker and what she's gone through and going through there are people that couldn't function even if they have the talent to do so and so it's another aspect of weirdly enough we look back at and i look back at my chronic ailments as a child until 24 when i learned about natural medicine you know now it's a gift i look back and i'm like I, i thought it was a curse and and I'm not saying it was pleasant when I was going through it, but I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't suffered the way I did. And in some ways you might've come to a similar conclusion.
4: Yeah. I wouldn't not have been vocal about this. And I would not have been somebody who was like, get vaccinated, I was never that person. I've hmm. always been open-minded. I mean, my boyfriend did not get vaccinated and we and I was like, okay, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, and I, I got vaccinated, <clears throat> he didn't, I wasn't judgmental, I, I respected that. And I also knew I couldn't tell him why he should. I was like, I don't know, we're taking chances. I took a chance, so go ahead, don't. Now I'm really glad he didn't get vaccinated, but mm-hmm. but you know, I was like, I, I am, I'm in a good place to tell people and I'm really happy. Somebody asked me if I would get vaccinated again. I mean knowing what I know like I wouldn't but I would I mean like I wouldn't be on this journey I wouldn't be the voice and I get somebody told my favorite message I got from somebody a total stranger set, sent me an email
2: mm-hmm. and
4: was like just know that if you never do another thing in the for the rest of your life you've already done an amazing thing for humanity mm-hmm. and I was like
0: oh, does that but mean I'm I not, stop? but I'm not done
4: does that mean I can't be done right right <laughs> mean I'm not, I mean, it's like don can I walk yeah. away <laughs> but so it's a it's a good feeling to talk about it and do it you know this the hard thing is though is like i have all these screenings coming up So Mm. I'm trying to up my back, my COVID vaccine knowledge. Like when I made the movie, I was a expert on everything. Mm. And then as I've stepped away, it's like the only way to remain an expert is to delve into this all the time. And like Mm. it's like when I take a shower, I have a a study like there's a doctor who reviews studies and I just listen to the review of the study while I'm in the shower. Mm. It it takes all of your time, you know, and so it's like now that I'm back on some screenings, I really want to know what I'm talking about. So I end up spending all this time like deep diving. I really wanted to understand the whole Emma the whole DNA in the vaccine mm, thing right. I've been hearing about that and um <clears throat> and it's kind of complicated and so I've been listening to all these articles about um, how the how there are traces of DNA in the vaccines. Some have higher, some less, some placebos, some. And I, in order to understand that, I have to watch probably about like 20 hours of different people talking about it till I can talk about it really knowledgeable. So exactly. that's what I like to be. So mm-hmm. I'm totally like immersing myself in all of this again, And it's and I actually found a new like uh, this is kind of an interesting thing that I hadn't thought of. And some of you guys might have seen it because I saw somebody talk about it on a podcast. But Mm -hmm. the whole fact that like we're one of three countries that allows the pharmaceutical companies to um, market directly to consumers. Right. So
0: that's U.S. and New Zealand.
4: Yeah. New, new essence, right. So it's just, so that's, we're the only, one. and I always thought that was a bad thing, right? Like why, why, how can they market to consumers? But I didn't realize the real evil of that. It's not that they're going to change consumers' minds and get them into their product. It's that once you start marketing, you are now paying money to advertise. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, look at that big Pfizer Super Bowl commercial, like, oh, yeah, you are paying millions of dollars to if you're allowed to do it, you're allowed to pay the media and these companies millions of dollars to make your commercials. And it's not about whether we the audience and the people see it and want it. It's that now they control the media mm-hmm. because all these all these media exactly. companies are getting all this. But the Super Bowl is getting so much money by having a Pfizer commercial. That's what's you know. So now they are, Pfizer is controlling the media. And that's, that's how that happens. And that's why that's really dangerous.
0: Yeah. It's not just industry capture. When we talk about regulators, like you saw on, you know, at the hearing, but it's the control of the media that it, it's, it doesn't even have to be, uh, let's say over. We can't, we don't have to tell you what to do, but when 75 to 85% of your income comes from an industry, how are you going to please that industry so that they keep coming back and giving you that money that now you're, it's, it's the only thing keeping you going because we know that the, uh, the eyes on old or legacy media has declined significantly and there's a rise of new media, including what we do here and others. So why would they be so intent on throwing all that money into those realms? Because they need to control the narrative to the best of their ability for anybody who's still looking as the media presenting a story that's legitimate because you know, th- th- that whole history is like, well, if it's not on the news, it's not real, you know, going back generations, there's still some element and semblance of that, but it's, it's, there are so many cracks in that control narrative, which is why we're seeing, you know, the breakthrough of the divide, not completely, there's always going to be some of that, but we see some of the things you're t- telling me. And, you know, these are some of the stories that I want to hear from you even more than just today and talking to you off the air, but also about, Your circle of friends and even family, how have things shifted and changed? You know, would you say you've made deeper friendships or has it been all I've lost all my friends that I thought I had? You know, how has it been a positive as we talk about the positive and negative in anything? But ultimately, is it a net positive? I would believe it is, even though we're still going through it.
4: Yeah, it's definitely a net positive. And I met really cool people. The negative about that is most of these cool people don't live in the same city is made. yes
0: we're all over the place exactly
4: <laughs> so was like i feel like i have this great network of people but like they're not accessible to me but i can send a text i mean we were texting you know i'd send bria text or, or during the thing and and like can you promote this and it's like yes so it that's been wonderful and and it, it's 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 positive i mean it's it's been hard because family i it's just family friends i haven't lost anybody but i have to say I've lost respect for people and mm-hmm. that's something I can't get back and I, I didn't know. even realize it but it's like when they're not willing to listen and they're still saying all this stuff without knowing what they're talking about it makes me lose respect for um, the people so there are people that are really close to me that I no longer respect as much as I used to and that, that's yeah. kind of weird. but you know that happens.
0: Well, and that, yeah, there's an element of disappointment, you know, as we've talked about as well, the, the people we thought were with us, even as I would say, from a holistic viewpoint of the world, right. That we were all on the same page and we're, we're traveling down and suddenly this thing happens. And they, from my perspective, they run and get one of the things that I would say is the most dangerous thing to get even before they acknowledge it. Cause I, you know, my knowledge is such and they did, it. I'm like, well, Wait a second. What does that what does that mean about what I thought they were all about or what they even said they believed? Was it just convenient? Was it superficial? And so it's been a shakeout as yeah. far as value systems. You then find what they said they valued and then what they really value. And of course, yeah. the, the breakout over fear mongering you know some I've seen a lot of memes about if you you know wanted to know how you would respond given the entire world against you, those that didn't take the shot, you kind of know you're pretty strong. You know, yeah. withstand that. That's an impressive place to be. I don't mean to take pride to the point of falling, but to acknowledge your strength, yeah. that you're not weak just because you're in the minority or you think you're in the minority. There's a growing majority now, as we say, that have questions about one or even all the vaccines, even from medical and PhD researcher communities. I, I always bring up Peter McCullough, the transition even in my interviews with him over the last few years to the point now where his grandkids will get no vaccines. I mean a physician well researched more than any published cardiologist on planet earth so there's a lot of evidence for change that couldn't have happened if this didn't happen
4: yeah and my 82 83 year old mom and stepdad you know like they got two shots and a booster like early on and they haven't gotten any more and and you know and you're afraid to say things because it's like what if they do get COVID and die and i've told them not to get the vaccine and they are 80 and all this stuff but you know, I just had to sit and I was like, you know what, if you're gonna die of COVID, you're gonna die of COVID. But the vaccines at this point are not helping. Like they're just, I don't believe that they're going to help you mm-hmm. and you shouldn't. And you know, but they they didn't get it and they both got COVID about a month ago and they got through it. So there we go. Like, I mean, not, that doesn't mean anything. It's an anecdote, right? But it's just the, that's the thing is like, you also have to get rid of your fear. That's like mm-hmm. big thing. It's like, oh, oh, because I wrote this down actually because when yeah. I was watching the Senate hearing, Like, um, Peter Marks kept saying, well, when we needed to push the vaccines through, there was a World Trade Center disaster of deaths happening every day. Like, that's how he kept putting it. So, like, right, so everybody's like, but all the deaths, but all the deaths, so many people were dying. And he was saying this yesterday in the meeting. He was like, it's the equivalent of having a World Trade Center disaster every day. That's how many people were dying every day. Mm -hmm. And we had to pass this and it was just like, oh my gosh, like all these things, but it's the fear. And my naturopath actually, who's in the movie, when I was talking to her about it and I'm like, I'm not gonna get vaccinated, but should I be afraid? Like everybody's telling me to be afraid, what do I do? And she was like, you know, another big part of it is just the fear of death. Like we're afraid of dying, but like, we're all going to die. So we're so afraid you put this fear in and we're so afraid of dying of COVID that you'll do anything. But there has to be a level of kind of coming to terms with life and like something's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. So it could be COVID. Probably not, but it could be. And if it is like accepting the fact, you know, you might die in a car accident. Are you still willing to get in that car? Like we take our risks and we also have Mm -hmm. to start understanding not being afraid of being alive and making the choices that make sense and that are ethically sound for us and standing behind it. And I know people who have died of COVID Um, A friend of mine, his sister died of COVID, wouldn't get the shot. And the whole family was irritated and all the way in the hospital bed dying. She was like, I'm glad I didn't get that shot. And they're looking at her like she's a maniac, right? And I said to her, I said to him, I was like, that's about as proud a death as you can have. Like standing by your principles all the way. Like she didn't want it. She had researched it. She was this, she went, she got sick and she still stood behind what she thought. You stand behind your principles as you die, we're all going to die.
0: Yeah. well, and I said a fear of death is really a fear of life itself, fear of living. Yeah. Um, you mentioned what Marx was saying, and you know that's an interesting thing because I've been pointing that out. the The idea of taking an analogy, like you know, if a, if a jumbo jet fell out of the sky and everybody died on a daily basis, it's it would might it match up with the number of people that are dying prior to even COVID of modern medicine, of FDA approved drugs. Right. That's a factual statement based on the numbers that are in the peer reviewed. Literature. It's like I'm not making it up, pulling it out of hand. but you make that it's it, it becomes a surreal uh, kind of abstract. And he's using that, which I've used. It hasn't succeeded yet. And I don't know it'll succeed, you know, as an excuse. Well, that, that's the amount of people were dying a, a 9-11 every day. It may be factual in terms of numbers, but as we look back on COVID, they weren't dying of COVID. They were dying for the treatment of it, right? More or less, other than the initial wave of elderly people on multiple medicines, comorbidities, put on vents that killed them, on and on it goes. And we see that the treatment or the lack of treatment led to their demise more so than the initial c- claim. It was this clearly not natural, like occurring virus at this point. So,
4: yeah, exactly. I have a, um, I you made me think of a a friend and I hope I'm sure she'll never see this. So that's why I'm going to say this. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a friend who had a baby and she was just like and talking about like how people look at things. But she had a baby and I her and her husband were, you know, quarantined to the max with the plan of the government, got every booster. They're all about it. So I never talked to her about whether she was going to give her baby the shot. But she saw anecdotals. I told her watch anecdotals. She watched it. We went out to lunch and she was like, well, I didn't give my baby. Uh, the shot right away. We have to figure out when we're going to give it. But she goes, but what I did do is as soon as I had the baby, I uh, got vaccinated in the hospital so that maybe I could get some of my immunity to the baby. So we didn't have to vaccinate the baby. We vaccinated mm-hmm. me right after I gave birth. And I'm just listening because I'm just like, okay, cool. Like that was your decision. And she goes, but we're going to decide when we're going to take that baby in. And then I was like, I couldn't help it. I was being really good. But when, sure. when she kept talking about it and she's the one who brought it up and she knows I made this movie. So don't bring it right. up. Like, right. you know, I'm not hounding you. Yeah. So I just blurted out, I couldn't help it. And I was like, don't vaccinate your baby. Like, don't, don't do this. Like, and she just got, and she was like, don't talk to me about my child, like Mm that you're you're crossing a line. Like really, you can't, you know, whatever it got kind of rude. And, and I get, you know, she got all motherly, like, this is my child. And like, don't tell me what to do in terms of my child. And this is not your thing. And this is a line that I'm drawing that we can't discuss. And I'm just like, okay. You know, I was, I didn't bring it up, but I'm also like, but I don't understand is if you care about your baby and you're a good friend of mine, you saw my movie and you know that I have a lot more information than you do why not ask me more questions? Like, why are you afraid to hear what I have to say? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it gently. I know that you're vaccinated. You know, I'm not, I've never made you feel bad, but like, listen, like, why is it so hard to like, I could, I could tell you four or five reasons not to vaccinate your baby and then you make a choice. But the fact that she just didn't even want to talk about it. And I'm like, how is that? Like, if you, care about the children, like, and not just her, like the fact that every six months old should happen. If you really care about the children, then you're willing to have the tough conversations and learn the knowledge and decide. But instead, people are just shutting you up. They don't want to hear it.
0: Uh, as a parent, we've, we've learned about, especially when the kids are teenagers, being willing to allow your kids to hate you because you discipline them from something that's clearly could be dangerous for them. And then they come back and later in life, they look back and go, thanks, mom and dad. I'm sorry, I was upset that, yeah, happens all the time. Like you didn't let me do it and I was mad. But your friendship to say that, now, yeah, maybe we go back and go, I blurted it out in the wrong way. Maybe I should have said, yeah. I wouldn't do it. Right. But at the right. same time, your point is right. She brought it up. She's talking to you. She, and I had a story this week from a lady in the gym. We were talking about these issues of the COVID shots or, or yeah, the specific to that. Cause there was one guy that comes there. Apparently he's all into it and his wife is not. And, and she was telling the story about talking to them in the gym with another person. And, and, and he said to her, and she's on her way to get the shot right now. He was so happy. She stepped away from the conversation, picked up herself because she was friends with the, the wife. And uh-huh. she called her up in that moment and said, please don't get the shot. And you know what? The woman, the wife of that man, oh, thank you. Thank God. It was like, I just needed to hear that because I didn't want to get this. So she risked something, right? Yeah. It, it's always a risk to do that. We could end up, you know, being yelled at, screamed at. We might even lose friends. But is the is the price worth it? Did we save yeah. that life? Perhaps we don't know what would have happened to her had she gotten it. So, uh, you know, I encourage people to speak up. Can do it yeah. with love. And Real- it, it, yeah. it might not always be the nicest thing that comes back to you, but I, I would rather say, hey, at least I I put it out there.
4: Yeah, and a good way to do it is to share anecdotals. And I tell yes. people like, um, this movie, I made it gentle. And like, if there's someone you're fighting with is like, you can even just tell them, hey, if you love me, watch the first 10 minutes of the movie and then turn it off. Because the fact is, if they only watch 10 minutes, they've still seen something they can't unsee. And Mm -hmm. as things come more and more to life, it will it will ring true. And I and like somebody at the screening last week came up to me afterwards and was like, thank you for making this and sharing it. She goes, I was I've been trying to decide if I should get my next booster. She said she she talked to her doctor and her doctor said, yes, her doctor was like, yes, you should get the booster. But then she was like, should I trust my doctor? He's part of the medical board or something. You know, she realized. And so she's been like second guessing it, but she's been ready to get her booster. And then she said, but I saw this movie and you laid it all out in this way that you have made my decision. You've helped me make my decision. I'm not getting another booster so that was really and that's like yeah that's why we do it Mm because and my goal isn't to make people not get vaccinated like i don't celebrate when people don't get vaccinated i mean now maybe i do because no, you, you
0: know, yes,
4: <laughs> but at first, like I didn't like, I'm not
0: like, oh, I don't. Want- we're, we're, we're not dancing on uh, the, the graves or the injuries of people that got it because they don't. And again, that, that I agree. I mean, obviously, I have a deep perspective that preceded even COVID about why I believe what I believe. And I will be willing to share it as I do on the show all of the time. But in an interpersonal way, I'd like to think I have the sensitivity. I'm not trying to make people angry with me or, you know, uh, I don't know, somehow to denigrate them for their choices i want to be compassionate enough to say listen here's what i know and i'd love to share this with you and if something happens i'll still be here for you but it's a hard place to be because there's so many other elements that have impacted the human experience to where we've become devoid of that humanity that compassion that we come back around to that we speak about that i see in you you know when i met you and i'm like i i love that i could just kind of hang out and just be there even if i didn't say anything but we got to interact a lot and I, i just enjoy our conversations so much
4: yeah i'm excited to see you again i I, like phoenix that's awesome that's gonna be great it's it's really therapy right to talk to like-minded people and you know speaking of therapy i know like my hour is up so i'm not starting a whole new thing but speaking of therapy Mm -hmm. i actually tried to see a therapist and um she canceled her first two meetings because of a medical emergency so of course I'm like, eh. I'm like I wonder okay. what that was. Right. She shows up for the third meeting. She's 40 years old, healthy. I find this, you know, 40 healthy. She shows up for her third meeting and she's finally there. I'm like, how are you doing? And she's like, not good. I had a heart attack two weeks ago. Oh. I thought I was gonna, I think she might've even flatlined a little. So now she needs to get a stent put in her heart. Wow. And, she, and I'm like, I'm like, this is what I do. I don't talk about this every year. You know. I'm like zip, don't talk about it, Jen. So she's talking about it. It's our first therapy session. And um, finally I was like, oh, so does it run in your family? Like you've had some heart weakness. And she's like, no, it just started 10 months ago, like just out of the blue. And so then I couldn't help it. And I was like, okay, look, I'm around a lot of people with heart issues and it's because of this, i do not not saying you. And then she was like, no, I knew it was the vaccine. It happened after my booster. Mm-hmm. I told my primary care physician and they actually were like, well, make sure to tell the surgeons so she told the surgeons, and everybody was like, "Ah, eh, no." And at this point, we know there's a problem. It's irregular. Yeah. You have to put a stent in at this point. So regardless of the reason, this is what we're doing. I ended up giving her three therapy sessions myself. Like the whole session, I gave her therapy. I told her things to watch, things to listen. We had two more, and then every time she came to me with questions. So I'm not kidding. I paid the I paid the copay. Yeah, because I felt like it was. I was doing a good job, but I had three sessions with her. You
0: mean to send an invoice to her on your behalf?
4: (laughs) No, they actually billed me for the copay because because I think she works with a company that does the billing. And I was just like, whatever, my insurance covered it. I did a good, I haven't, she had the surgery. I followed her on Facebook and I saw after the surgery, she did a whole thing. Like for those of you who don't know what I've been through, this is what I've been through hospital pictures, Mm. everything. I had a heart attack. Not once did she mention the vaccine. Wow. 350 likes. Yeah. Wow. I was so angry. So that's what's happening. People are having injuries and they're still not talking about so it. Not, yeah. People are having injuries. or are calling it long COVID. Oh. It's a battle.
0: We'll keep talking about it. And and Jen, let's try not to make it so long between visits, <laughs> if you don't mind.
4: Yeah. yeah. No. For sure. It's been like a, too long.
0: Well, I'm excited to celebrate your birthday. Uh, it looks like we're only a couple of days apart, and yeah. uh, you see. know, see you at the Phoenix screening. So put the word out to our friends at CHD. Um, here it is. Uh, Sunday, February twenty fifth, three thirty to seven at the Grace Street uh, Saint Paul's. I'm sorry, Grace Saint Paul's Episcopal Church in Tucson. And then the one I'll attend with you guys, uh, Tuesday, February twenty seventh, from four to seven thirty p.m. at Faith Family Church in Chandler, which is basically Phoenix area, Arizona. And uh, Jen, let's talk after the show sometime when you have a moment and and get all those details so uh, nothing gets crossed in the whatever, uh, and we'll plan for that and everything else that we can do.
4: Sounds good. Thank you for the talk. And it's great to see you and all your listeners. It's, I feel like I'm in a, I feel like good, like I'm in a safe space. I've been in enemy territory for the last two weeks. So Oh
0: yeah. But you know, people look at me and they say, you're a very dangerous man, RSP. <laughs> I've, I've heard that from people, but <laughs> I, I think they're joking maybe, or it's a different kind of danger. But I, I like to think this is a, ultimately a loving and compassionate place, but yeah, we're spirited. And we'll let people know how we feel. And that's a good thing. And I think we're better for it, as it's been great ever since I got to meet you and exchange all of these things. And I think there's a lot more to do.
4: Yes, I'll see you soon. Thank you very much.
0: All right, Jen Sharp, anecdotalsmovie.com. Hope to see you all in Arizona coming up. And we've got a lot more upcoming events. We've got a couple of stories in the bonus round that we couldn't get to, including Super Don. Nose picking and Alzheimer's are related? What? And lab-grown rice meat? Good Lord. Okay, we'll cover that. If you got questions or comments, stick around. 60 seconds from now, we're back with the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Then the weekend commences. Judy Mikevitz is our Sunday conversation. You'll love it. Go, 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 go for it because she knows some stuff. We have a good time together, and the power to heal is yours. <laughs> Skydiving our way into the bonus round, Super Don. Nice.
1: Would you ever do that? <laughs>
0: Personally, no, I'm not interested. Now, my no. son, started, not long after his friend turned 18 or for his birthday, he went and did a skydiving. He loved it. Yeah. Uh, um, I just like. I'm you know torn.
1: What? I'm torn because I'm I, I I'm like a th- thrill seeker kind of a person. Mm-hmm. I I love the whole like crazy roller coaster thing.
0: Yeah. You I know, anything, or yeah. something
1: like that. But it, it, there's a sense of of safety that you mm-hmm. feel. When you're strapped, yeah, you're still in, like that. and
0: tethered to something. But you're talking about <sighs> jumping out of a perfectly good risk. airplane. Yeah, yeah,
1: I just nah. so you don't
0: have wings. You can't technically fly. You have to shoot open.
1: Uh, I believe that if I brought my if I if I could convince myself to do it, mm-hmm. it would probably be awesome.
0: Yes, but what would Jenny say? You got it. Uh, yeah, she would probably go, uh, "No, I don't think so." Or would yeah, she? Yeah,
1: that's no, no. She would not. Definitely not. Yeah. She doesn't like to fly in an airplane, let alone jump out of one.
0: So, yeah, it was hard to go. My son, he's like, I'm going to jump out of an airplane. I'm like, oh, really? But you know, this is, <laughs> you're 18 now, you can make those decisions. And thankfully, the chute did open. Yes. So, yeah. But yeah, there are other ways to have uh, adventures, in my opinion. That's for me. Now, there's like different, I look, I mountain bike and I, I, that's crazy too. Sometimes it's like, is maybe more dangerous <laughs> technically. But anyway. Uh, I was a fun show today. Super D, the, the second hour helped me up, be uplifted because it was so intense uh, with uh, Danny Baker, Daniel, and the, her her attorney. But it was also good with them too because you could tell they they ooze with integrity, and and you know a mission and a passion that is ultimately, even though it's coming out of a lot of uh, difficulty, uh, that it's ultimately uplifting. You know the willingness to 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 battle for your life and, and to help others. Right. And I think that's born out of that, that these difficulties that we rise to the challenge or we don't, and those that are rising, I'm still inspired by, even though, as I, you know, as I said, the emotions I felt they were wide and varied today on the show. Uh, but I liked having, of course, Jen, she, I just smile with her. Her experience is great. And she's just so, uh, uh you know, present and honest about what she goes through and she's willing to c- communicate it. So for me, it's a lot of fun to do that with her on the air and just chat with her even off the air. She's just genuine. Yep. She's cool. I like her. So we have a couple of stories here and I don't know if there are any questions or comments coming through rumble or other things. Uh, Oh yeah. Steve says now you can do it with virtual reality goggles.
1: Yeah. That's not the same though. I mean, it it would be kind of cool, but it's, you know,
0: have you seen these things that they they tether you on it and you're actually jumping off into the abyss with the goggles on. So you actually get the physical sensation that you're jumping, not just,
1: no, that would be cool. I mean, That would be cool, but you know, you know, you're not jumping out of a plane, so it's still not going to be quite the
0: same. I don't know, it's pretty darn convincing when you see these things. I'd still, I think I'd be scared. I'm just saying,
1: whatever. Okay, (laughs) you would do it though. See, that's the thing, you would do that because you know, you know, you're not actually jumping out of a plane, you know, that it's artificial, you could still get the, you know, the, the, the thrill sure mm-hmm. out of it, but it would not be the same because you would know now now your if guess. somebody put those virtual goggles on you and mm-hmm. you were in some kind of virtual reality where you thought it was real which you were experiencing and you didn't know and no. you jumped out of play of course then you would
0: i i think i'd still feel the emotions of it honestly remember when I talked to you about, you know, hiking up a couple of years ago, and then I suddenly discovered uh, a okay. fear of falling down. So, <laughs> I mean, I, just,
1: I, I refuse to, to accept your your explanation. Yeah. You are you are a big fan of, of riding on a, a mountain bike. So, if I put on virtual goggles that I was riding a mountain bike, would it be the same experience that you have? Mm-hmm. Riding on a mountain bike out on on uh, out on a mountain would it well, be this? Would it be the same?
0: I, I think the you know the illusion similar. Well, the illusion is getting there, right? Uh, my point is, if let's say they developed like this system where you were actually on a bike and it could move right, left, or whatever, and you're actually pedaling, I think the the mind doesn't know the difference. On one level, it's conscious, but you know that's the whole idea of practicing in your mind. You've heard of these stories, right?
1: You are you are the guy from the Matrix that wanted the stake... Uh, and he wanted to eat his steak, so just give him the blue pill because they I'm just just, just insert no. me back into the system. I know it's not real, but it kind of tastes real, and, it's and of, I don't it's, care,
0: right? No, yeah. I do care. I just, uh, you know, all right. I don't even know what to respond, how to respond to that. <laughs> I just don't know. It's not the same. Yeah, no, they can okay. get close, but all it's right, not I'll the acknowledge same. it's not the same. I'm arguing something that I I won't win. Um, Leslie says, I love when Jen is on the show. I do. That was fun. I'm so excited that the, the trip to Phoenix, you know, the Sonoran university coincides with that screening. So, um, uh, cool. I haven't made the arrangements, but maybe after the show today, I'll do that. Uh, Maybe I can get there early enough where I could do a live broadcast that day from Phoenix, uh, and include some of them. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah.
1: RSB from Kelly.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. Am I right that they plan on using the MRNA platform for most shots moving forward, including those on the childhood schedule? If so, why are the prominent people, doctors, scientists, etc., who people are watching, not saying this? I go to many conferences where these folks are speaking and nobody is talking about it. It needs to be discussed. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. Kelly, I, I spend a considerable amount of time every day going through what's happening in the news and the latest studies and medical journals, et cetera. And this stuff is going on. Now mm-hmm. every once in a while you'll see something pop up. There was one just, I think it was like day before yesterday. I wish I could remember what it was. It may have been a cancer vaccine uh, that, that they are working on. It may have been something else. I can't remember, but they are, there's, there's all kinds of vaccines that are in the pipeline right now. Mm -hmm. that are being uh, done with the mRNA technology. And actually, there was another one. It was an SR mRNA. I was like, what the heck is this? They're creating and coming up with self-replicating. It's SR, a self-replicating mRNA vaccine, Mm -hmm. and an SA, which is a self-amplifying vaccine. And in fact, fact, I think that may be the the one I'm thinking of. It was a self-amplifying mRNA Uh vaccine that will then create, cause it to uh, create more uh, Mm -hmm. mRNA so that the immunity, quote, air quotes, uh, will will last longer. And so, yeah, yeah, there's all that stuff is happening behind the scenes. It doesn't get Mm -hmm. talked about much, but it is is definitely happening. Uh, Yeah.
0: And Kelly's point is is important, but there are not many shows like this one. And even the shows that are sort of like this one are not like this one, I think we're pretty unique. And yeah, I've pointed this out even before. You know, when we talked about, for instance, the universal flu shot, remember the years we were covering it, mm-hmm. suddenly they became critical of the flu shot in the media. I'm mm-hmm. like, who gave them the green light to do that? There's always follow the money, follow the motivation. What's coming out? What are they What are they pretending? A universal flu shot. So let's attack the traditional ones and we'll bring that out. Now, was this going to be MRNA based? I think the idea was that it was much cheaper to engineer it this way, uh, instant switch on a dime kind of stuff. And so the COVID was almost kind of a pilot test to get everybody to accept this technology. Now, I think it's backfired. Not totally, There's still people that go, yeah, I'm gonna, as we talk with Jen, there's still people wanting to take the shot. It's amazing. But by and large, I think they've done a great disservice to their agenda by pushing so hard and so fast because it's obvious to many, because almost everybody knows someone who has been injured or worse by the COVID shot. As we talked about, even in that military thing, it was like two out of 30 didn't you know know somebody. So 28 out of 30, I remember that, that survey. Uh, that's uh, you know, it's close to 100%, like 98, 96% of the people know somebody who got injured or was debilitated some way by the shot. So the mRNA technology as a delivery system of what they call vaccines, I don't think it's in any way successful, their campaign. Now, I'm not saying they're going to give up. If they can get away with it, they will. The question is, do we have the tenacity to stand up and point out where they're lying and deceiving us, much like Jen brought up that house hearing with the guy completely pretending it's not real, it's everything's fine, and, you know, uh, look how good we did by we heard six adverse events and then Pfizer was off the market. They're still trying and they may always still try, but it is up to us to participate and acknowledge, I wanna say acknowledge is the right word because we know that they are lying, but to call them out on it and to help others to see through it. Not everybody will, no matter how much we want to believe, we can convince everybody. That's a delusional place to be, but we can reach the people who are reachable. And finding out how that is, it's not a one size fits all scenario either. It's being very sensitive to the presence of each individual you encounter. And listening, to me, it's listening to the voice of spirit. That's how I describe it, to get a signal, speak now or don't. uh, And uh, But be willing to make a fool of yourself or be willing to have somebody get mad at you. It's a risk, I believe, worth taking because you can always say, listen, I'm sorry, right? And they'll accept it or they won't. But at least you can feel like, hey, I know something. I wanted to share it because I felt it would help them to not perhaps hurt or injure or even die from something. And even if somebody let's say believes that the vaccine works and saves you, if somebody came to me and said, I really wish you would take it because I believe so much in this thing that would help you, I would say thank you for your concern if it came from that level of sincerity as opposed to you're an idiot for not taking the shot, right? This is why if we were to go, you're an idiot for taking it, not a great place to start a conversation. <laughs> can, I, can we agree on that Yeah. You know? So for those that want to succeed in, in bridging the gap, how do we do that? By the way, Jen just uh, uh sent a message. She forgot to mention, for those of you who haven't seen anecdotals, the movie, that you can watch it for free right on the website. I and saw on the that. Yeah. Movies.com. So yeah. if you haven't watched it, or if you have, and now you want your friends, your family, your neighbors to watch it, they can do it for free. No excuse. They don't even have to pay out any money. I hope that they support Jen and her endeavors because she's so worthy of that. But uh you can watch it for free. So share that. Link, it's in the show notes today at RobertScatbell.com, anecdotalsmovie.com.
1: So, uh, Kelly, just to get specific here, I was just looking this up. Mm. Um, Two different websites I'm looking at. Well, first, I just did a general search here. And so, according to what I'm reading here, mRNA vaccines are currently being worked on for SARS-CoV-2, of course, Uh, the Zika virus, HIV, Mm. influenza Cytomegalovirus. That, well that, said. Well said. CMD. That is that is like that sounds like a dinosaur or something. <laughs> uh, respiratory or RSV. Mm-hmm. Um, varicella zoster virus. Yeah. The rabies virus. And if I go over to the Moderna website, I'll just, mm-hmm. let me see if I can put this up on the screen real quick. Am I in the right browser? No, I'm not. Uh, I'll just I'll just tell you. Uh, I'm just scrolling down here. This is from Moderna. And they're like, hey, they're very proud of this. The mRNA pipeline, they call mm-hmm. it. Uh, you've got a bunch of COVID vaccines. You've got a flu vaccine, RSV vaccine, pandemic flu. Uh, let's see, uh, RSV, EBV. What is mm-hmm. that?
0: What is EBV? Uh, Epstein-Barr virus.
1: Okay, they're working yeah. on that one. Uh, HIV, norovirus, mm-hmm. Lyme disease yeah. vaccine.
0: Yeah. So basically the answer to the question is, yes, <laughs> they are trying to yes. deplatform old vaccines and platform the RNA as, to replace them all. If they can get away with it, they would do that. Yeah. Um, uh, Kelly says here, let's see. I agree, but we really need the doctor speaking from the stages discussing this. People are listening to them, but they are not discussing it. I asked this question at the conference and they will not answer this question. Why? I I, I don't know. And thank you both. She says, well, thank you, Kelly. I don't know why there's a lot of, You'd have to ask yeah. them why, but we, I'm going to guess because do, this, right?
1: this stuff is, I mean, it's all in its infancy right now.
0: You have so, to dig for it as you're doing.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. like the doctors probably, they just, they just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, other than speculation and opinion, yeah. they probably are just like, well, listen, we're not going to talk about it. Cause we don't know anything about it. We haven't been, you know, get, we haven't gotten the memo yet. Yeah. So that would be my guess. But there's, there's tons of, of this stuff going on. I see it periodically. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just saw
0: a, a post from Michael Bolden who was scheduled to be on with us. I gave him a little bit of crap this week for not being on with us, but he had other things to do. Now, I don't know if it's related to this or if this came on suddenly, but I want to send my love and prayers to Michael Bolden and family about his mother. He, he said uh, uh, his mother went to St. Luke's Hospital uh, yesterday, blood clot in her lung. They found a clot in her leg last fall, and maybe this is the same one. So far, we've only gotten the very early in, info. Thanks to our incredible Aunt Gloria, who talked with my brother about it. He says, from what I know, it's on the push side of the heart, so there isn't a risk of it being dislodged and causing havoc. But he's got her on blood thinners, on and, on and on. So we we send prayers and love to you, Michael, about your mom and everybody. And uh, if that was your excuse and you didn't want to say it, I'm so sorry. But I don't I don't think that it was. I don't know that it was. He would have said that. But this is uh, uh, something where, again, human compassion. And, and love for people that you know have these real issues. Uh, and even though she's availing herself of what we call allopathic medicine, do I want it to do anything but succeed? No, I want it to succeed. I want her to be well, uh, as well as when she comes out to look at some other things, I'm happy to help out, Michael, if you hear this uh, for your mom in any way that I can be of assistance. So anyway, love and prayers as well as always. All right, uh, what else we got? Questions, comments, uh, Rumble, anything going on Rumble today? And we'll, we'll talk about nose picking. And- uh, Chris
1: putting up some stuff there about the stuff we were talking about as he mm-hmm. always does. Yep. He's always, always great. At putting in supporting information and links for people to take advantage of. Um, all right, well, <clears throat> uh, it is Friday. You are fasting.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we have to talk about food that I don't want to
1: eat. There are many things you could try and break your fast with. Um, one of them probably is not cultured beef rice. Beef rice.
0: You know, <laughs> it's one thing to throw uh, beef and fried rice together. Yeah. That could be a perfectly delightful That's not video. what this is, though. But that's not what this is. You're right. It's not. It's horrible what it is. Can you describe this? Because I don't think I'll eat for another 24 hours based on this.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, South Korea Scientists have developed a food product that they are calling cultured beef rice. And Isn't... what they do is they combine the animal muscle and fat cells cultivated within rice grains. So you've got rice. Wow.
0: Gene- this is, is, is this genetic engineering? Well, here's this the part be. that's
1: unclear. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw this and I was like, okay, so let's dig into this. Let's try and find out what's the downside here. What would be the argument against this? Mm-hmm. There isn't anything in this article, I didn't go beyond the article, uh, that is indicating that there is any genetic modification going on.
0: But how do they they grow animal cells into rice grains?
1: Well, okay, so so what they do... (laughs) I know. It sounds weird. I'm reading
0: it now. I'm going Ew. Yes. to yes. initiate the process. Scientists first coated the rice with fish gelatin yes. an edible and safe substance that enhances the attachment of cells to the rice following this cow muscle and fat stem cells yes. were introduced into the rice grains where they were cultured over a period of nine to 10 days. The final product cell cultured beef rice, rice meets stringent food safety. So again, it sounds like they're growing it in through a, a kind of gelatin construct.
1: Yes. But I the, don't the, know
0: the basis of the, the, you know, the quality of the cells that they start with. I, again, there's a lot to be a lot of questions I have about this. Is this is what
1: it looks like here. Apparently. um, It's kind of, it's like cow. It's like, I don't know. Like, like cow. cow tap, yellow. Like ca, beef, yellow. Ta, beef tapioca Ugh. pudding or something. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's, it is weird, but again, I don't know that, you know, can you take, and I'm not a scientist, so anybody who's, who is who's listening to me right now thinks I'm a moron yeah. because I, I don't know how to fully explain this. But mm-hmm. the question is, if you take this fish gelatin, right, yeah. and you put the stem cells of cow muscle uh, into the fish gel, it, it, is it naturally just growing or is there some kind of genetic yeah, GMO type, Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So good, so it? you know when when there's something like this comes along uh generally I would I do is I just avoid it be out of caution because I'm it's just, just avoiding
0: weird it out of some level of disgust. Yes. And thank you for bringing up a food source that I'm not now, interested in eating while I'm fasting.
1: They bring up in this article, you know, some of the applications would be for people who are starving in countries where they don't have food. You know, so you could give them the, the beef r- cultured rice because they don't have to be high in protein, um, you know, whatever. I guess if you're starving to death, you're going to eat whatever it is that you can get. You know, I'm not going to s- tell somebody they should starve and die instead of eating the beef cultured rice. But, man, can't we, like, come up
0: with some kind of solution that doesn't involve this? Okay. Let's do another delicious discussion on Yes. <laughs> boogers. Yay boogers. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. A- apparently so how nose picking a- could raise your Alzheimer's <laughs> risk. Now I, yes. you know, I, I, I thought about this and, and Mike, where do they go? They went to the microbial I- interface. They don't talk about injecting aluminum and mercury and vaccines. Of course. No, it's about, you might have some bacteria or something on your finger that goes into your nose, but this belies the reality that our sinus cavity, with the cilia, the hairs, and the mucus itself, the mucus membranes, are all barriers to the microbial world to get to places it, it doesn't belong. Now, granted, if you're picking your nose with such vigor that you're basically injuring <laughs> the tissue, yeah, now you have a like this of guy info. here. I mean, yeah, that, like, that's some serious. Uh... Did, oh my gosh! Is that's not real? That no. He picked his nose so strongly that his face elongated. I don't know how that happens. So, and it isn't about eating your boogers either. That's kind of gross. But the point is,
1: I've heard that's good for you. We've we've well, we've covered that story before.
0: We talked about the the and tonsils, it,
1: it boosts uh, your immune system,
0: the lymphatic and uh, lymphoid that's tissue, right. immune tissue. But in this case, as I said, the injury is what I'd be focusing on. They're just focusing on the microbes. The microbes wouldn't get there if you didn't injure tissue to allow them in. But then again, we come back well, to inject... But, I mean, isn't in.
1: there something? If, if you get something in your nose, I mean, um, mm-hmm. it, it can get into your, your system through your nose. I mean, that's well, a common yeah, it, thing. It, is there, there is
0: some level of potential absorbability, but right? there is a microbiome in the nose that's protective. The hairs are protective. The very epithelial barrier, right, the, 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 the tissue itself, unless there's a puncture, you're typically protected yeah, from things well, you're exposed to.
1: You could now, do it accidentally, right?
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that there isn't a risk associated with vigorously Somebody's picking Somebody's really goal,
1: really trying to pick a winner. But my point could, is you know. that they
0: this is intriguing in the in the fact that they completely miss the real cause of neurological degradation that is injecting toxic poisons. Yes, there might be bacteria antigens as well, but heavy metals impacting oh i know i like i understand
1: yeah you're right you're right you, if you if you were going to make that comparison and they're
0: going to go it's nose picking and bacteria on your fingers so if so what's the story telling us if you want to pick your nose wash your hands first or
1: just don't pick your nose
0: or don't pick well they didn't say that but they say you know it's the bacteria so wash your hands first oh yeah how about spray silver on your hand or up yeah. your nose right then you got it neutralized but my argument is that it's the bacteria they're barking up the wrong you know pathogen fa- causation uh, line, that it is an issue of mineral deficiency, uh, toxicological Why, who, burdens. Who knew you'd etc. get so
1: hot under the collar over nose picking?
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess I'm just trying to... You must be uh, hangry. I think that might be the case. <laughs> or, or the, you know, the anger I felt in the opening story today and what we've covered, the outrage as well. I'm... You know, this is, I was talking with Jen about the catharsis that this show is for me. I get to rail on something so stupid as this article claiming nose picking is going to cause you to have Alzheimer's when the reality is so much. Uh, ugh, it, it, if it were argued that that's really what's caught, it is so far down the list. It's like really all the things that actually do it, we won't cover. Yeah. We won't right. talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, they always do this at the end of the show, which I appreciate. <laughs>
0: yeah they, yeah they bark at the end of shows it's like it's it's time daddy I'm, i miss you right yeah, That's what they're saying so all right what else we got uh coming up uh judy Mikovits interview from the uh, autism health summit as our mm-hmm. sunday conversation uh for those of you who are patron supporters of the robert scott bell show i don't know where y'all are i mean i know the ones that are here with us but where are the new patrons my gosh, the, the stuff you, you could add two weeks to watch this thing, you'd be way ahead and so many other things, including our next Zoom AMA, which is the 24th of February, Saturday. And that will be on Zoom. And it is uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And we got people joining us not figuratively, but literally from all over the world. It's a wonderful time. The community is great, and I'd love to invite you guys. Be part of it as little as four ninety nine a month. Helps us to do the things like updating the website, which, good Lord, we're right on the verge. It looks like tonight, Gege might be pulling it offline and uploading the new one.
1: Yeah, that's actually, it's important that we let you guys know, those of yeah. you who have stuck around for bonus time,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the website is probably going to go offline tomorrow.
0: Because might be even tonight.
1: It, or as early as, as late tonight. Yeah. Um, The upgrade, the, the work that's been done on it over the last couple of months uh, is finally done. One final step, which is moving everything over. So hopefully it'll be back up by Sunday morning in the event that it's not. Uh, You can watch the show over on rumble. You can watch it on Facebook. You can watch Mm -hmm. it on X. You can watch it on Twitch. Um, So, don't feel like you have to miss out on Judy Mikeovitz on Sunday. And if yeah. the website isn't working, just make sure that you go check us out on Rumble. I would suggest Rumble. That's probably the easiest or Facebook. Yeah. One of the other. Now, speaking
0: um, of Facebook, Super D, you were talking to me earlier about we have, I don't know, what, twelve thousand people that follow 13, us
1: 13,000 followers on our show
0: page. On the Robert Scott Bell show page. That's the RSB show. But yep. we're so heavily could you are could you say shadow band? Is that the right word?
1: Well, it's not really shadow ban because it's not like, gee, I wonder why this is happening. We know why it's happening. AI intelligence. prevents and, from- and it's not even AI. No, it's not even that. Okay. It's because during the pandemic, we shared some information and Facebook went, eh, eh, eh. no, 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 that's bad. You're going to get restricted if you say anything more. Well, we're not the kind of people that are just going to shut up because Facebook says that we can't All talk. Right. So yeah. we did it a few times and what happened was our page has become um, restricted to the point that we have 13,000 over 13,000 people that follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, we put out a post uh, well here's the difference the show that's broadcasting on Facebook right now uh, I was looking at the analytics yeah we we reached about 500 people or so. Mm-hmm. That's three percent of, of the people of, that are following our page. So I don't other know what posts do. like the the posts that that uh, Anna put out uh, on you know the clips from the show. Yeah, seventy five people out of thirteen thousand. Wow. Yeah, that's just a fraction. So what's happening is Facebook is is not allowing our content mm-hmm. to be shared into people's news feeds. Can
0: people share them by them uh, manually? But they have to see it to yeah. share it.
1: Right. So the only people that are seeing the stuff basically on our page are the people that actually intentionally go to the page. It's wow. not showing up on, on, on their own personal feeds for the most part. Hmm. <clears throat> so we've got to figure out a way to work around that somehow.
0: Okay, if anybody has suggestions, ideas, in the meantime, when I say please share the show, that, that maybe is helpful. That does um, help. I know we have a lot of other ways that the show does get out there in the archive form in the podcast world outside of Spotify and LinkedIn where we're banned. And, um, you know, what was the other one? We're banned it's us, uh, Spotify, Spotify and LinkedIn. LinkedIn and YouTube Of and course.
1: YouTube yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: but you know, we, we continue to persist and get the word out. And, you know, you guys responded amazingly, blew me away, probably super Don as well. When we talk with Ann about the Monacor, uh, MonacorUSA.com. Go back. We did two interviews with her one one week, one the next. I think it was. Well, it was within the last week or two, and it, it, you guys responded bigger than the Coast to Coast AM crowd, which is much larger, which was just blew me away. Now I was talking with um, someone today uh, who uh, our friend George connected us with, who we're doing the uh, 360 Summits thing with, mm-hmm. and he's got a service that connects people to access, let's say that normally wouldn't be able to get loans. And this is not usury loan sharking kind of stuff. I mean, this is a legitimate thing, a good guy. And I would, I'm just going to try and find a way to get this out to those of you who feel like I need that monocore and I haven't figured out a way to get it. Some of you did, as I suggested, pull your resources. There are some in our audience that said, you know, we live near each other. We're in the same neighborhood, same church. Let's get together and get this in. Cause more than one people, one person could use it. So you can make it a hub of real healing in your, in your community. And, and so some do that, but some of you are far field, far away. You don't have the resources. So I'm working on that. Uh, hopefully, uh, I think there's an email super, I'll share it with you that we can plug into to connect people with that want to get something like this and couldn't normally do it. Uh, so that's something I just wanted to throw out to you. If you've been wondering how the heck, I just want to make more opportunities available to you to, to tap into these great, great things. So anyway, that's coming. That's coming. All right. Okay. Right. Let's see. Uh-oh. Push Steve says uh, you can't cast your TV anymore. What does this say? Push notifications for the Super Don Sidekick show that then directs <laughs> people to the RSB show. That's hey. interesting, Steve.
1: Well, you know, one, the one thing that 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 I thought of is mm. I do have. Uh, you know, I was working on on something which I still think is a good idea, but I just had mm. to let it go, uh, which was the RSB newsroom. Mm. And that has its own Facebook page, has zero restrictions on it and stuff. So it's not like we can't create a new page. Yeah, um, you know, or that we is could jump unre- into that, right? Unrestricted, but it, it, you know, I mean, everybody follows us on the show page, you know. Yeah. So it's like, how do you how do you undo that? Or is it even possible? I don't think it is. I think yeah. once they restrict you, you're restricted.
0: Yeah, I don't know that it's undoable, even though there's a lot of obviousness that the government played a role. But then the the corporations like the the Facebooks of the world, they're not innocent in this. You know, they could have withstood the the pressure or they could now go, all right, now that it's obvious, we're going to free up everybody to just have freedom of speech platform. Uh, So there are some things that have changed. Um, We have the Q streaming as well. And you can access every show you'd ever imagine and want, including pay-per-views and all the pay cable channels and sports things and as I've found, you can watch sports out of um, what do you call where you normally be restricted? You on can have, local
1: local yeah, local uh, local
0: channels. Channels. You can yeah. do that through Q, Q streaming, mm-hmm. and uh, it also you know it's fifty nine ninety nine a month. And you get access to the Robert Scott Bell Show twenty four seven on our channel, which changes, but it doesn't matter. You can find it, um, and it's an amazing service. And then once you get it on, loaded onto your Amazon Fire Stick, if you do that, you have now a remote control that works with it and everything. Yeah, so it makes it very much cool. more usable than it was difficult before. So now it's it can be done. And Superdon has tested it with pay per view. You didn't have to pay for those you know seventy five dollar extra fees for pay per view.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the MMA, the UFC. Mm-hmm. And those are like seventy bucks, and it's included free with yeah. uh, the Q streaming. All the, t- the 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 movie channels, movies on demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy uh, if if you like watching TV, uh, which I know some people don't, but and that's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but they have you know they've got church channels and and documentary. Cha- I mean, it's just everything, everything that you could possibly subscribe to
3: mm-hmm.
1: on cable. They've got so yeah. And I uh, I have been streaming this show, the audio of of past shows. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I hit uh, like over 400 hours of streaming wow. <laughs> the other day. But then my, my router, I got to go get it replaced today because it's been cutting out every few hours. Hmm. Like there's something wrong with it. So I got to get that replaced, but it'll be back yeah. up uh, later on this afternoon.
0: Steve has an interesting thought here. Can you view the 13,000 followers' names or IDs? If so, extract those and use AI to generate a script to invite them within Facebook to follow the non-restricted page. I'm not sure. Uh, Whether you can
1: directly message people that are following the page, I think that they might restrict you from doing that. I don't know. But, yeah, I Mm -hmm. mean, I appreciate the ideas. We're going to try and figure something out. And Mm -hmm. um, it looks like... I'm going to have somebody helping me uh, do all that kind of stuff here. Very, very, very soon.
0: Cool. Um, Did you see this, Bobby Kennedy's lawsuit? And this is the one, you know, I think Ty Bollinger's on and Aaron Elizabeth and others on free speech against the uh, uh, Biden administration for, you know, colluding with the... uh, Is this the Mary Holland? um, I think it is. And apparently they've been granted a massive victory in his lawsuit against the Biden administration for colluding with social media to censor him and others. Preliminary injunction against the White House and several federal agencies. That's a story. We need to get Mary Holland back on the show to talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I put in the request with Kevin on that.
0: Okay. Very good. Yep. Well, we made it. Dude, looks like we made it. This is what Jerry Doyle would play uh, Barry Manilow.
1: That, that would is, be on the the intro uh, of the on show. The, on the
0: Friday show. Of yeah. the
1: Friday show and then we would have ended with uh lover boys working for the working
0: weekend. Working for
1: the weekend,
0: yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, I loved all of that. I, I wish <laughs> we could do more of those things too. Um but um, anyway, just feeling feeling that as we're heading to the weekend. Uh look all right, forward to so, uh,
1: yeah. I, I think I want to double check here. Mm-hmm. Uh yes. So coming up on Monday, uh we've got a doctor Greg Hammer, who's going to be on. I'm not sure about Dr. Uh, Doctor Greg Hammer. Sounds uh-huh. like a professional wrestler to me.
0: It does, doesn't it? Right? Greg it really the Hammer
1: Valentine. Remember Greg that? Greg
0: Hammer, where everything to him looks like a nail.
1: That's right. <laughs> we'll uh, but in, in the second hour,
0: it yeah. looks like
1: we, we only get her for 30 minutes. But We're
0: diving into the deep end with Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines. Awesome. How cool She's is that? She's a swimmer, too. And I'm looking I see to her that. on
1: TV all the time.
0: Yeah. And I'm just I she's kind of she was on
1: Gutfeld once. Yeah, she's like a celebrity. She's on Fox News all the time, whenever there's a story.
0: Defending women's sports, the integrity of women's sports to make it only allowable that women participate. Real women.
1: And then on Tuesday, James Berry, who is the CEO and founder of Pluck. Uh, it will be on with us in the first hour to oh, we'll cool. talk about I'm
0: looking forward to get a big shipment of pluck in. So yep. uh, they've got lots of different flavors. And for anybody that's still using, this is another thing that got me this week. I don't know if I mentioned this for the ladies that go to the gym, right. And they're into health stuff, right. But they still do Botox. And she was talking about this Lowry's salt something. Yeah.
1: Lowry's uh, se- season salt has been that? around forever. Oh yeah.
0: But it's MSG y'all. Yeah. I'm like, no, no excitotoxin. Stop it. You got real salt. You got blends. You got now pluck, which has real salt in it. Right. So we'll we'll talk with him about that. And he's apparently a fan of the show. We learned.
1: It was very him. funny because I reached out to him because I was like, hey, this is actually, you know, it was Dinah of the uh, the night that mm-hmm. uh, was the one that that brought it up. Yeah. And so I looked into it and I was like, oh, cool. And so I I'm reached so out to him. That. Yeah.
0: yeah. He was like, hey, super Dawn. I'm like, get some pluck. So an RSB 20, right? They get 20% off. Yes. And yes, and there is a
1: banner on the website. You can click on that. Uh, Hour two on Tuesday. We've got not, not Lindsey Graham, the, uh, the Senator. Yeah, no, uh, no, but no, uh, she's known as the Patriot Barbie.
0: Lindsey Graham. She's awesome. The Patriot Barbie. I met her at the event up that we flew into Portland. It was just over the border in Washington state. She's terrific. She's a bright light too. And Patriot Barbie is going to be on, on Tuesday. And then we have, let's see. On Wednesday, Jeffrey and Daria Cons, yep, a small nonprofit finding Polaris Wilderness Community, teaching primitive skills, hold holding hosting wilderness retreats, hold space for rites of passage pa- passage such as vision quests. Also, I saw something from uh, Mike over at the uh, uh, the Healing Center in Columbia outside mm-hmm. of Medellin. They're doing a ayahuasca retreat. And there's like a 25% off discount if anybody wants to go to Columbia and do that. So there's some really cool events coming up. Cool. So that's coming up next week. Oh, and we, we had re, um, scheduled Emmy Robin. Yes. Uh, she's one of the featured, uh, actors in protocol seven, the new film by Andy Wakefield. And she's also a doula. We're talking birthing stuff with her. That's going to be fun. She's terrific. And on my birthday, apparently, Somebody booked Alfonso Monzo, who is, a, is he's also been at the Red Pill Expo. He's a cool guy, he's very smart and uh, good science y stuff on my birthday, apparently. And if I survive the morning doing 58 burpees in a row, I'll see you on that day live.
1: <laughs> All right, so that's what's happening next week. Uh, just a reminder, uh, Judy Mikeovitz on Sunday. Make sure that you catch us if, if the website isn't working, catch us over on Rumble. Or Facebook to watch that. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's all she wrote. That's all.
0: All right. Now the weekend may commence. Have some pie. Break a fast. Lots of love.
1: Is that what you're going to break the fast with? Pie?
0: Yeah, there's still some blueberry blueberry sour cream pie, and it's so good.
1: All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to have some chicken and dumplings. Thanks, honey. All right. You guys have a good weekend, uh, and we will see you again next week.